Hey, it's Kanzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to The Baldcast, a production of John Kanzano's Baldface Truth. <laughs> B-F-F-T. Now, presented by High Caliber Millwrights, live from Los Angeles, site of Pac-12 Media Days, here's John Canzano with the bald-faced truth. Well, it's a big day. I'm in Los Angeles as part of Pac-12 Media Day. You're going to have a great show today. You're going to hear all about all the guests from Justin Wilcox, the cow coach, to Chip Kelly, to Dan Lanning, to Jonathan Smith. But I want to jump right into it. If you're a Pac-12 football fan, you want to know what the heck's going on with the Pac-12 conference and the remaining 10 members of this conference. And there's no better place to start than with George Klyovkov, the Pac-12 commissioner. Pac-12 Media Day, George Klyovkov, the Pac-12 commissioner, stepping in. Uh, you, you gave State of the Union address this morning. Yep. And then you took some questions. <laughs> I thought you got the scalpel out a little bit. I like that. You didn't use the sledgehammer, but you got the scalpel out a little bit. And... Yeah. You know, at some point you get tired of people trying to destabilize your conference, and you got to hit back a little bit. And listen, I in the grand scheme of things, having a healthy Big 12 and a healthy Pac-12 would be good. You know, to have both those in the Power Five and to have those votes in the room would be helpful. Um, at the same time, you know, we've been taking shots for the last four weeks, and I was just tired of it. Was there a reason why you stayed quiet? Was that strategy? or? It, it was strategy because, I, I, candidly, we've been incredibly busy. We've been doing serious, serious work, and I could have spent all day chasing down rumors and mm -hmm. talking to reporters off, you know, uh, on background and not for attribution and, you know, dropping all sorts of nonsense. And, uh, you know, I think at the end of the day, what you produce matters. And I thought I could be more effective in producing something great for the future of the Pac-12 if I actually spent my time working on it as opposed to refuting nonsense. There is a lot of nonsense out there. There's a lot of, uh, you know, unsourced nonsense that's out there. And I keep telling yeah. the audience here, like, I'm only going to give you stuff that I can source that I know to be true, uh, quality, in-depth stuff. But from your position, how destructive is it to have kind of that? Oh, it's incredibly destructive, yeah. but that's why they do it. Listen, when I was in journalism school, we were taught you got to source things from two reliable sources, and you can't run with it until. And now we've got, you know, folks in the national media reporting stuff that are on burner Twitter accounts. Yeah. It's just unfortunate, but it's the world we live in. you got to adjust to it. And, again, uh, you know, I don't have a thin skin. I'm okay with this stuff. Uh, it does destabilize people. Uh, for the first week after the news broke about UCLA and USC, I would say we were in a fever pitch, and people were nervous and scared, and, you know, every little rumor sent people off. And I kept reiterating and reiterating, don't believe everything you read. Don't believe what you read. I'm going to report back to you the truth. And... I'll tell you, our presence and chancellors and athletic directors, particularly in the last three weeks, have been absolutely incredible. And on top of all of that, they've been going out of their way that if they hear something from someone else or if someone from a different conference is approaching them, they forward me those messages. Yeah. And those are fun to read. I've read every single one that's been sent to our <laughs> conference over the last three weeks. And it is amazing how brazen some of these folks in these other conferences are. I was looking back at photos from last football season, and I caught a photo of you and Kevin Warren in the press box at Columbus. Yeah, that and was a fun day. It was a fun day. <laughs> it was a fun day. Pac-12 got a win that day. 
And then I've watched, you know, the Alliance news conference. And yeah. on a personal level, did it bother you what the Big Ten did? Well, listen, I, I, I don't want to talk about personalities or how they go about their business. Um, I've always been someone that has given every single person I meet respect and trust until they give me a reason not to give them respect and trust. I'll just leave it at that. George Kliofkoff, Pac-12 commissioners with us. Uh, media rights, revenue, access to the college football playoff. Which of those is more valuable to the Pac-12? We need both, and we will have both. You're confident of this? Confident. Uh, some, one AD told me, George is kicking ass. I'm trying. <laughs> and it's by the way, it's because I've got lots of really, really good people working for me. It's not me. The... You you said before in previous conversations you're a puzzle solver. I've thought about that because this, yeah. this is a puzzle. Yeah, it's a Rubik's cube. Well, it was it was before UCLA and USC. It was a complicated, difficult puzzle before that. It got a lot more complicated and more difficult in the last four weeks in a day. But that's okay. I'm yeah. built for this stuff. Day three sixty five. You're in Montana. Three sixty four. Three sixty four. Right? <laughs> you're in Montana. I'm in Montana, driving to Idaho in an area that does not have cell coverage, and I get uh, several urgent text messages from my deputy commissioner saying, "Find a place with cell coverage and call me." It's Murphy's law. I mean, that's just how it works. Well, you know? I, think, like, I, I think it was the second or third day of my first vacation on the job yeah. after a year. How and did that fly with your wife? Like, hey, uh, I'm she, sorry. She's she's awesome. <laughs> she she's seen me go through these things before. She's you know fully supportive. Uh, I had to relocate back to Las Vegas because I really needed all of the opportunity to have connectivity and the computer and everything else. So I left her up in Montana and. Uh, came back to Vegas, and I've been working from there ever since. And then we're getting through it. Uh, you said during your State of the Union that, you know, you're exploring expansion. Yes. You mentioned geography. You mentioned media value. I go to television households, go to a yep. place like San Diego or maybe into the state of Texas. Is there anything else beyond that that is important to the Pac-12? Well, I think the normal things that anyone would look at are um, the the – kind of media landscape and where it fits in the media landscape and whether or not you're adding a really valuable DMA or not, right? Then for us, we look at athletic competition because, you know, as the Conference of Champions, you want someone who's going to invest broadly in sports and be competitive in a lot of sports. Uh, so that kind of limits who you can look at. Um, we, we do have kind of a cultural and academic fit, which is important in the Pac-12, maybe more so than other places, but it's important to our presidents and chancellors. And remember, they're the ones who make these final determinations. And then I think what makes us different, at least from what I've seen recently, is we're actually going to take into account what's good for our student-athletes. Right? Not, not that there ain't school in Boston, but we're not adding a school in Boston because we're not traveling kids to Boston to play games. The idea that UCLA is gone maybe maybe okay let's start there beyond the UC system getting involved yeah. is there a scenario where a media partner comes in and says to UCLA hey we can get you to 75 million if you stay is that on the table too or are you exploring something like that you know I, I'm, I'm not going to get into the specifics what I will say is that um, the, the UCLA community I feel bad for uh, the vast majority of people in that community um, immediately did not like this decision and i think the longer the decision sticks the worse they're going to like it you've got student athletes who do not like it you've got families of student athletes that really don't like it uh we've had coaches uh throughout the pac-12 who are picking up recruits that otherwise would have been to ucla and usc because the kids don't want to 
travel like they're going to have to travel. Um, the alumni don't like it. The fans don't like it. The staff, and particularly the faculty, yeah. really don't like it. I mean, it, it, they've, they've put themselves in a tough place. I don't envy that. Um, I, you know, I am not predicting that they come back. I think, you know, the strong majority kind of is that they're going to stay by going to the Big Ten, unfortunately. But if they came back, we'd, you know, we'd welcome them back. The, yeah, I think, you know, David Shaw said it to me. He, he thinks geography wins in the end, a decade from now, 20 years from now. Oh, yeah. He thinks it's back to, hey, southeastern teams playing in one place. And yeah. it just doesn't work, does it? I, oh, it doesn't work for student athletes. Yeah. It, it may work for football, if we're honest with each other, right? Fewer games, higher profile, you know, chartered jets. Um, I, I think for a lot of the sports, it absolutely won't work. And it will cause mental and physical harm. It will cause uh, degradation in the ability to participate fully in the academic pursuit. I mean, uh, student athletes are not going to be in a good place as a result of these decisions and decisions that were driven by short-term financial gains, which I understand. The uh, the idea that unequal revenue sharing could be part of a future um, or agreement creates some problems. You know, you're in the room with somebody who's making more than you. Is that something on the table right now? Well, I mean, we haven't taken anything off the table. Um, I, I think there are there are creative ways to do unequal un, unequal sharing. Um, so just I'll give you one thought. There are lots of thoughts like this. But um, instead of unequally splitting up the media revenue, maybe there's a bonus off the top for anyone that wins a national championship or you get to keep your basketball units or you get to keep a portion of your CFP payment for being in the CFP. And that, for me, incentivizes the right thing, which is building and creating great competitive sports programs and, you know, our bigger brand schools that do that more often will see more financial benefit from the conference, but we might still keep equal sharing. Uh, that's on the table. Lots of other things are on the table. I think the first job is figure out what the media rights deal looks like and see what, what pie you're splitting up. So that's where we're focused. All right. You got your, your opening statement was great. You were very measured and then you got a Q and a, and then I saw George Kleofka. <laughs> I saw you, I saw you roll your sleeves up and you'd had enough, hadn't you? Uh, I've had enough for four weeks. Yeah. But did it feel good? <laughs> did it feel good to throw one, well, throw a punch? Listen, I, you know, I, I, I tend to be a collegial person. I, I don't like doing that, but at some point, you, you got to take the gloves off. George Kleofka, we'll get you back on soon when you have more to talk about. That'd be great. Uh, are we talking yeah. about a couple of months here with the media rights stuff? I, is... I think so. Um, you know, we're drafting behind the Big Ten because they're going to set a big number yeah. and we're going to draft off of that. Um, I don't know when their deal is going to be done. You know, uh, a Fox executive earlier this week said a couple of weeks. You know, I, it'll get done by Labor Day one way or the other. And then we're going to then jump in with, you know, every effort we can to get the most money for our schools, and that'll take a couple months to get through that process. Yeah. So sometime this year. You seem confident about the access to the playoff, and that's the part of this that I'm going to leave thinking about. Yeah. You feel good about that. Uh, to the college football players? Yeah, the, the, the Pac-12 will have access to a future college football playoff, or do you feel I, like you have it now? I can't see an argument for us not having access to the college football playoffs. I mean, I, I think we're going to be right in the middle of the Power Five when it comes to revenue per school. So un, unless we're only giving access to two conferences, I think we're okay. George Kleofkoff, <laughs> thank you. Yeah, real pleasure. Good to see you. Leave it here.
We've got John Canzano and the Bald Face Truth live from Los Angeles, site of Pac-12 Media Day on 750 The Game. Alex Forsyth, the pride of Westland High School, is with us. Oregon Duck offensive lineman. Uh, good to see you, man. Yeah, good to see you, too. It's been a, been a little bit. I know. And uh, you've grown up, man. I, I feel like I've watched you grown up a little bit because <laughs> yeah. you were like an eighth grader. Then yeah. you went to high school. And uh-huh. I, uh, you you arrived at this interview with a with a gallon-sized water jug. Yep. Yeah, it's been the talk of the town today. Is it? Yeah. You're like one of those guys in the gym. You I see know. those guys? <laughs> yeah. They got like antifreeze in there. Yeah. It looks funny, you know? Yeah. What no. are you drinking? Uh, I just drink straight water. You know, okay. sometimes I'll put a, a liquid IV or a, a propel thing in there just to, you know, get the electrolytes up. But, uh, yeah, I've been, it's kind of, kind of my, my trademark since my sophomore year of high school. I've just been carrying around the jug. Is that because someone told you to hydrate or what happened? I think it was, uh, I'm trying to remember, but one of my best friends started doing it. And I was like, dude, that's the best idea because I yeah. always, like, I'm always thirsty. So I'd always, like, you'll be refilling these water bottles. Like, dude, I'd rather just carry around a jug of water. Yeah. And, like, it only cost me a dollar, and I'll use it for, like, you know, a week and a half, two weeks. Um, and then, yeah. I love that. I got a side hustle for you. You need the Alex Forsyth jug. You get, you just produce them. I've, no, I know. We've talked about NIL stuff uh, mm-hmm. with, with some of these guys. If there's if there's some sort of company that can design me a, a custom jug, I would I would love to work with them. It, my wife gives me this water bottle, and on the side of it, it'll, it has the time of day. I've seen those. I ones. need to drink yeah. by this time because yeah. I don't I don't drink water, and I then I end up dehydrated. I'm cramping. You know? I know, and then it's the it's the worst. So I like to I like to just get ahead of it, and I'll just chug water right in the morning, and yeah. then uh, you know. You played for Mario Cristobal, offensive line guy. You're an offensive lineman. Yeah. What did you get out of the Cristobal tenure? You know, I mean, I'm, I'm forever, you know, in dead to coach Cristobal. And, you know, when I came in in 2017, uh, you know, I was getting recruited by, you know, Coach Helfrich and his staff, and, and they left. And, you know, I, was, I wasn't I was sure who the line coach was going to be. I knew I knew Coach, you know, Coach Taggart would be the head coach, but I didn't know who the line coach would be. And then, you know, once he got in, uh, you know, communicated with me right away hey i'm gonna be your online coach you know i love your film i really i still want you to be a part of this class i think to me it was like he could have easily been like yeah no like take a hike (laughs) i I got some other guys i want um but you know he stayed committed to me and you know gave me a chance and you know he was always uh you know he knew my story and stuff and he was always you know a really positive role model uh figure for me and you know really helped me improve my game on a daily basis they, he always talked about putting a cleat in the turf and driving people off. Yeah. Was he like that behind the scenes? Was it all, you know, oh. he was a lot of, lot of rah-rah. Yeah, but I, I mean, wondered if it was for us. No, you that know? guy loves football. Yeah. Like, that's, that's his, that's what gives him life is, uh, you know, football and, and uh, you know, just playing offensive line and just, uh, you know, all, all that stuff. Alex Forsyth with us, uh, University of Oregon offensive lineman. Let's go back to high school for just a minute. Yeah. Um, life was simpler then. Yeah. You had fewer worries you know there's no transfer portal no name image likeness all that stuff um how do you how do you have fun in college when college feels like it's more like the pros i still just yeah no i agree there's so many you know different avenues and so many people pulling you different directions like what i tell people is i'm like i just i don't go on social media unless i'm you know required to tweet out a promotion or tweet out instagram something like i really stay off and once i do post i delete it right back and it's like I just—it's the best feeling because like, you just focus on what's important to you, and what's really important is you know, playing football for me. And 
Uh, you know, I, I don't want people to lose sight of the most part, important part about college football is is football. It's not recruiting or NIL or yeah. whatever it is. And all that stuff's cool and, and great for, for everybody. I'm all for it. Um, but I, I just think it's it's tough for the for the kids getting recruited now. They're getting pulled in so many different directions. The evolution of social media and NIL has made things a lot more complicated. You, your high school, you, you know, you got Peyton Pritchard who came through there. You got Jaden Grant at Oregon uh-huh. State. and Jaden's been in college like seven years. But, yeah. but, you know, when you think back to that time, did you realize even guys like Will Matheson and yeah. others that played Elijah? Elijah yeah. Yeah. yeah it, it, it was like this this special time, in, yeah. and you guys were winning a lot. But yeah. What was that like? Did you realize how good it was? Yeah, I think uh, I honestly think we, we kind of realized it when we were in youth sports, and it was like all of our teams were always really good, and it wasn't like it was just football. It was like football, basketball, baseball, even lacrosse was like we were yeah. just like really good at in youth sports. And I remember it was, it was all the parents saying like, oh, once these like these two classes, because then once you get to seventh and eighth grade, it's like you're separate. You're, it's no longer a blend of like fifth and sixth grade teams yeah. are playing together. It's like seventh grade and then eighth grade, and they're like, okay, once these two like these two grades right here once they're like seniors and juniors in high school it's going to be really special so i think we all kind of knew i mean we didn't know how successful everybody would be um but yeah it's it's kind of funny to look back and you know how how loaded we were uh you know it's ridiculous yeah Yeah. you got tim tawa who's playing professional baseball matheson in minor leagues and you got obviously an nba player and Jaden and you and you Elijah, know, all those guys. Elijah, there yeah. was, and, and a lot of, you know, you mentioned the coaches, the youth coaches, your dad, Steve, yeah. uh, who passed away as part of the Clackamas Town Center shooting. Yeah. Terrible time, yeah. but he was there. He coached those teams, didn't he? Didn't yeah. Your dad? Yeah. yeah, he coached, uh, you know, he coached me growing up, so it was, uh, he was always, uh, you know, the, the hardest critic on me, but I always, you know, I always love him for that, and, you know, he taught me a lot of lessons in, in sport and in life, so I'm, I'm forever grateful for that, but yeah, he was, he was my football and basketball coach he didn't really go much into lacrosse because that wasn't yeah. that wasn't really his his deal and same with baseball but football and basketball that was yeah. he was he was right there what with position me. did you play in baseball honestly i think i played outfield yeah. and i would just you just in, mash in little that, league, yeah like in little league like in outfield and you're get no, so, but you, i bet you could hit yeah yeah i could i could hit once i made contact it was uh it was a good sign. Yeah, I wouldn't want to pitch to uh, Alex Forsythe. You know, you probably were you the same size then, and like not, not twelve quite, years but old. I was, I was always the biggest kid. So yeah, yeah. It's interesting. Uh, you know, you guys, Utah's talking about unfinished business. Those guys uh-huh. are saying, hey, they have unfinished business. But I feel like you guys have that. Like, you know, there's two games last year that you probably think about yeah. with those guys. What if there's a, a theme for this year? What is it for you guys? Uh, you know, I, I don't really know. I think we got to kind of figure that out during fall camp and, you know, find what makes this thing tick. But I think, I think for us, it's first and foremost is, you know, honoring Spencer Webb who passed away a few yeah. weeks ago. I think any way we can honor him. And that's, that's what we're mainly focused on. I know Utah went through that, uh, you know, last year and talking to some of their guys and, uh, you know, just letting them know we're praying for them. And, and they reached out and, you know, talked to us too. We were talking a little bit yesterday. Um, but yeah, I just think that's that's first and foremost for us. It makes you really realize like what's important in life, and um, you know that none of the none of the other stuff, the outside noise, none of it none of it matters. All it is about you know the people in the locker room, and uh, you know like Spencer was such a special human being, and and had such an impact on on our program and and 
on me personally and I know so many other my teammates in life in general. He was a firecracker, wasn't he? Oh, Personality. Yeah. Oh, you would you would come up to him every day, it'd be a new crazy story, and you're like, dude, I don't even know, like, how does that even happen? <laughs> so, yeah, he's a, he's a phenomenal Yeah, that, that has to be really hard uh, with you guys. And I think it was interesting because I had talked about doing a story on him before the season, and yeah. then when I heard the news, I thought I was like, no, that's uh, yeah. unbelievable yeah. to have that happen. And it just gives you a perspective, and it's probably a perspective you already have with, yeah. with your dad's situation. Yeah. and and everything it's you know it's it's terrible yeah no it's it's really i mean there's nothing that prepares you for that and that's like your biggest fear um so i think for us it's just you know being being there for each other as a team and you know finding the best way to you know uh you know have a tribute and uh pay homage to uh spencer this this season dan lanning's a new coach what how different has it felt for you yeah, there's a lot of new energy around the program. I think he's he's done an excellent job at, uh, you know, helping us embrace the change. I think it's, it's hard for some guys, um, you know, especially when we didn't know he was going to be our head coach. It's like, dude, like, I don't I don't know what, you know, what are we doing here? And then, you know, I knew I was talking to Rob Mullins and I was like, he's like, we're going to have a we're going to have a good hire here. Um, and then when he called to tell me, I was like, oh, that's that's awesome. Like, I, I uh, you know, I didn't know he was even like just seeing media stuff uh you know on on the news and stuff like hey like he his name wasn't even really no. mentioned then we got him it was like dude that's the best case scenario right there um so you know it's it's been such a blessing to have him you know be be the leader of our program and uh uh i think i think he's put a huge emphasis on connection and building up your connection with each other not just on the field but also outside um you know outside the lines and uh you know just connecting with each other every single day and I think we're gonna we're gonna see that chemistry, uh, you know, pay off big time during the season. We haven't seen a lot of Bo Nicks other than the spring game. What what have you seen? Yeah, I think I think all three of the quarterbacks have done a phenomenal job. Um, you know, this spring with you know Bo, Ty, uh, Jay, all those guys have done a great job, and they're, they're in a new offense. I know it's tough. They got to do a lot of stuff with protections, motioning, uh, everything. Mm. Uh, it's not easy. So it's been really impressive to see them. You know, really all three step up to the challenge and done just such a good job with you know all three commanding the whoever they're working with on that on that drive um they've all gotten pretty much equal reps with the ones twos and threes so just whoever they're with they always you know command it and I, i've just seen so much good leadership being built out of all three of them what does bo Nix do that that what does he do well in your mind you know, I think I think Bo's a you know a good natural leader. Um, I think he's had experience. Uh, I just think you know he's a good quarterback and he really leads. Uh, you know, when he's on the field, he he leads whatever offense he's with. And I think you know Ty's really really explosive. Um, you know, he can run and he can pass. He's got a good arm, uh, and he's just re- he just steadily improved his you know his decision making since he's got here. I just he's made such a great such a big jump from last year to this year. Um, and then same thing with, you know, Butters, Jay Butterfield. Yeah. You know, he got here in winter of 2020. He's got a phenomenal arm, and his decision-making, yeah. same with Ty, has just gotten so much better. He's sneaky good, Butterfield. Yeah. You know, yeah. and he's a good cornhole player, I hear. Yeah, really? That's yeah. what Dan Lanning said. He said he's the best cornhole player on the team. I haven't played him in cornhole, but I'd assume yeah. that'd be a random game that he's yeah. he's really good at. I know that you're doing a really good job of making, like, because that quarterback position's up yeah. for grabs, right? Oh, yeah, 100%. And I'm steering you towards Bo Nix, yeah. and you're going, hey, I want to talk about yeah. all three of them. That's yeah. leadership. That's you yeah. being a leader. Yeah. Like, you're as a freshman you wouldn't have done that no no i think i think all guys you know all three of those guys have done such a great job and so they need to be you know recognized for, yeah. for the job they've done alex Forsyth, thank you awesome good thank stuff you so much. appreciate you yeah. man thank you
This is the BFT with John Canzano, live from Pac-12 Media Day in L.A. on 750 The Game. We got Carl Durrell, uh, coach of Colorado, stepping in. We're going to talk football. I'm excited to talk. How are you? I'm doing great. This is, uh, I love Media Day. We're, we're in kind of a nightclub setting here. It's very, uh, I, I don't know, it's too nice it's, for it's radio. It's nice on the eyes. <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> How are things? Things are going well. Yeah. Things are going well. We had a great summer, and, you know, we had a really good spring and, a, and the start of the off season. I just feel, uh, you know, we're doing everything right right now. The, uh, you know, all this turmoil in the conference has everybody talking about who's coming and who's going, but what do you think we're going to be talking about a year from now? What's, what's the narrative in this conference going to be? You know, the narrative, if I have anything to say about it, would be, would be that, you know, the football in the Pac-12 has gotten so much better. Yeah. You know, I think we need to make that type of statement this year. You know, just given how, um, you know, the, I think that's what we have to do better. It yeah. really does. And I, I, we've done some really positive things. I'm just talking about in conference yeah. in general. Um, you know, I know we've won national championships in other sports, you yeah. know, consistently, you know, year after year. But I think football, I think we, we need to collectively, you know, we need to have a strong year. How do you feel right now about your offense? Let's talk, Let's start there, the Colorado offense this I, I feel I feel great. I really yeah. do. Uh, it's a good uh, – we have a good system in place. You know, I, I did make a, a number of changes on the offensive side of the ball you know, after the last season. Um, I think there were things that I needed to get accomplished uh, in a different manner that, that I think our players were starving for. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I feel really good about where we are offensively. You know, I, with, with Brendan Lewis being a 12-game starter, uh, having an up-and-down year, but I think that, you know, his body of work, even though it probably was probably on the lower end of things, he used that as a tremendous stepping board going into the offseason so to me his 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 mindset of who he is as a player is night and day difference from where he was last fall i've got three daughters and i i have noted i think the world has changed around us you know and like my it it, kids are changing sure uh, and the world's changing i mean it's inevitable i think you look back in history but you you're in college football there's been so much change and even in the last couple years like with the transfer portal and nil and and just what what's important to a kid when you're recruiting? How do you how do you manage that as a coach when the target is moving like that? <laughs> One day at a time. You know what I mean? You know, literally, because <laughs> think about that. When I came back to Colorado it was in 2020, the start of COVID. Yeah. I mean, that was completely unusual for everybody, right? And then going into the second year, COVID still lingering around, even though we played 12 games. It, it was still a factor, you know, in everything that we did, you know, still part of the mental mentality of what you were doing and preparing for. You know, this year going into 22, we did feel like, and even though COVID's still there and it's still around, I think we're managing that better. It's kind of subsided from getting all the attention. Yeah. I felt like this was our first normal year of off season, yeah. where you actually did some great training. You had a good spring. You had a great summer. You know, this is a chance to have, a, you know, a great, a great fall. So, you know, it's it's eventually coming back and getting better. NIL is, you know, that's something that we got to kind of get a fence around. You know, we know that we have to do that. I think they're all really positive things. The only thing that, uh, you know, COVID was the, the big hurdle that we all dealt with. But I think this other stuff that kind of came on the heels of it, too, even though it was part of it wasn't by design. It's gonna, it's gonna subside. It's gonna be good, you know. Yeah. It really, in our conference realignment, it's gonna be, it's gonna be okay. You yeah. know, things are gonna work out fine. It's just the, the reactionary things that you see on the onset. I think people need to hear that. 
you know, I, I, there's a lot of the Pac-12 and Colorado fans, Oregon fans, Oregon State fans, whatever market you're in, that they're they want they love that tradition. And you've been in this conference for a number of years in different roles and in different schools. So, you know, there's a there's a loss of the tradition, but you can't. I don't think you can dwell. Can you? No, yeah. I I just think the marketplace. I was saying 100 years ago, yeah, right. <laughs> are different nowadays. Right. It's just different. It's, yeah. it's like you know the evolution of you know of of, of the common age. Yeah, it's you, you kind of have to look at it that way. It's just we're progressing, and sometimes it's very uncomfortable. But you have to you know you have to take it as a challenge in a positive way. George Klyovkov, did you hear him? In, in I his, did not. I didn't get a chance he to. Threw, he took a couple shots. He took a shot at the Big 12. He said, you know, he's been listening for four weeks. They've been throwing grenades. And uh, he said, I haven't decided if I want to go shopping over there yet. Like, he's going to take some Big 12 schools. I like the moxie. He's yeah. got some fight in him. You know, it's like what yeah. I was saying about us being improving our football. Yeah. You know, I think collectively, i got to do, you know, I'm just, I only can talk about me. Right. Like, that's the only thing I can control. I have to play better. I have to coach better. I have to... Our product at Colorado has to be better than it was, and I can I can guarantee you that's that's definitely going to be the case. We're going to be a better, much better football team, and how much better? That's where everybody you know we're going to see. We're going to see, but I think it's going to be a good season for Colorado. Carl Durrell, the head coach at Colorado, is our guest. Uh, all right, so you want to get improvements. One of the things I've watched in programs is sometimes you don't get the result. Right, you get better, maybe you're more competitive, but you don't get the win. How do you keep kids engaged if you're not getting that result? That was a lot of what we did last year. I yeah. think there were games that were being competitive in games but just didn't have a chance to finish it, didn't know yeah. how to finish it, mm -hmm. or just were in position and weren't ready to, to do that next step. I would say that's where we're at right now in terms of that experience and there's that, that some of those things that we failed to, to, to have success a year ago, we really – challenged ourselves this going into this year about being much better at uh, some normal things for example on defense we were the least in terms of uh generating sacks mm -hmm. well that was an emphasis of this spring this offseason about being better and putting more pressure on the quarterback and we're much better at that now. same thing about uh throwing scoring touchdowns you know offensively just as an yeah. example we're at the bottom of the conference with putting you know scoring well we, we feel we have an offense that has the ability to be explosive and, and make those plays and generate great run opportunities, too. So, you know, we addressed kind of the issues that we, we felt were necessary for us to be successful, you know, uh, as a program. And, and I think that's why you're going to see a bigger difference this year. It's interesting because I, I heard, you know, Jonathan Smith at Oregon State two years ago was talking much the same as you are. He was trying to make those steps go from, hey, we're getting blown out to let's be competitive, and then they start winning games. But he also talked about disrupting the quarterback, that being a big thing. And in that, frankly, some of it is scheme, but you need defensive tackles, defensive ends, and guys physically guys that can do sure, that. Sure. How hard is it to find those guys? It's hard because <laughs> everybody wants them. Right. You know, it's funny. My time in the NFL pre-draft, you know, the same questions come about. Yeah. They, they're saying there's not enough, there's not enough rushers out there yeah. in college. Yeah. I mean, literally, they start, and these are NFL coaches and scouts saying, you know, there's just not enough quality out there. Yeah. So that's always going to be the argument on this level and the next level, things like that, is, you know, those guys are special players. That's why they get paid special money yeah. when you do have a great one. But I think we're improving in those areas. We address those areas, the, the things that we talked about. And that's what you have to do. You kind of have to just chip at it. You, know, you, have to, you want to continue the progression of your program 
and then hopefully you chip, 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 and boom, you take that big step. And I think we're ready to, to take off here. Carl Durrell, thank you. Good luck to you this season. I'd love to get you back on the show during the season. Absolutely. Maybe, maybe if you're playing Oregon or Oregon State, you're listening to a, a statewide audience is listening to you in Oregon today. So thank you for giving us your time. Absolutely. Appreciate it. Pleasure being on. Thanks. You've got John Canzano and the bald-faced truth. Live from Los Angeles, site of Pac-12 Media Day. Washington defensive back Alex Cook here as part of Media Day in Los Angeles stepping in. Uh, are you getting the same questions over and over and over again? Pretty similar. Not going to lie. Pretty similar. <laughs> it's okay. This, the goal of this interview is no repeat questions. Okay. All right. Let's start with your side hustle. What do you got going on? Oh, I am currently working on being a better boyfriend. Okay. Uh, future father. Baby's due in December. Oh, wow. So prepping up for that. Boy or girl? Do you know? A boy. Okay. Baby Asa. Oh, wow. So working on that, uh, we're in a pro- I'm in the process of moving from one place to another place and kind of fixing up the new spot. Yeah. The likings of my girl. So, I mean, I'm working right now. <laughs> yeah, I know. And then it's going to get serious with football season, and then yeah. and then you're going to be a dad during football season. Right. It's crazy. Yeah. It's, well. It's, it's cool, though. Yeah, I like that you said your side hustle was just being a better boyfriend. Like, that that's a new answer. Yeah, I mean – you can't be satisfied where you're at. You can't be. You can't be complacent where you're at in your love life, whatever. So I feel like everybody can be a better husband, better, 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 whatever. But uncle, yeah. whatever it is. You know, I uh, I saw um, a comedian last night. Is it Tiffany Haddish? Yeah, she's a comedian. I saw her last night. Wow. In L.A. Here, she's she hilarious. was she was trying out some new material, and she said she wakes up every day and she wants to be a better person than she was the day before and she oh, goes I awesome. she goes I find that to be easy cuz we all screw up right yeah. we all make mistakes she yeah. says I just try to be a better person every day and it and, and that's relatable to sports right you just want to be a little better every day 100% 100% try to get 1% better every single day and I love Tiff yeah. she's hilarious um the fact that she said that in a she said that in a yeah. comedy show yeah wow because she got up and she said I'm trying out new material some of this will make it to my act, you know, mm. six months from now. Some of it won't. And she just started talking. She was Im- improvising most of the material, and she's funny. Yeah. She's just not – and her story's so good. I mean, you know, she was homeless, living in her car. and Wow. So she's, uh, she's such, a, such a good story. So are you into comedy? Is that your yeah, thing? Yeah. I actually just seen Cedric the Entertainer a few weeks ago up in Seattle. Yeah. That dude's hilarious. Yeah. That is a funny guy. And then we've seen – Oh, last time we went to the Rose Bowl, we seen Michael Blackson. Yeah, Michael Blackson. Yeah. It was hilarious, man. Yeah. It, I always like sitting, going to a movie or going to a comedy show because then somebody else can entertain. And yeah. I, I'm not on doing the radio or in my writing or whatever. <laughs> but as a football player, do you like that too, to sit, sit back? Okay, sit now back, it's your turn. Yeah, yeah man. Because I, I can't, honestly, I can't wait to be a, a future alum. Um, I just want to sit back and enjoy the games. You know, it. <laughs> I love playing football, don't get me wrong, but I feel like it would be a cool experience once you get to sit back and relax and just enjoy stuff unfold in front of you instead of just being the guy who does everything for entertainment and entertainment others. Let me ask you, uh, great defensive back history at Washington. There have been some solid players, and people in the state of Oregon know Elijah Molden well, who came through there. You're familiar with him. What kind of legacy do you want to leave? Yeah, very, very similar to Elijah. Honestly, everybody knows Elijah is a hardworking guy. He doesn't, he, he won't take no from anybody. He doesn't take crap from anybody. And and 
I think for my particular situation with the new coaching changes, I want to instill that that legacy, that tradition of you know DBs being so great at the University of Washington, even though you know Coach Lake and Coach Harris have, are are gone. Uh, I'm going to be that guy that, that that continues that tradition and instills that into the young guys. Was that hard to see him go? He recruited you. He yeah. was your position guy. Like yeah. when you see that happen, that's got to that's not easy, is it? Yeah, because not only does it hurt as him being a football coach, but you know you build such a strong relationship with those guys, and to see him go, it feels like your your family, one of your brothers, just left. And, and, and I'm, I'm so happy for them, what they're doing right now. I think they're doing great things right now. And Coach Harris is at uh, in Georgia uh, teaching those guys how to be great. Yeah. And I can be more happy for them. This uh, this last season didn't go as you wanted it. What do you need to get out of this year yeah. for you to be satisfied? Yeah. Um, I don't know if being satisfied is ever Mm-hmm. Isn't that interesting, really? though? <laughs> You're like chasing a carrot you can never get to. Right. Yeah. And, that's, and that's the beauty of it. There's always yeah. potential to get better. There's always new new, new levels of heights you can get to. And, um, yeah, just last season was crazy because we all knew that wasn't the, the Washington way. We knew that wasn't the standard. And what we're trying to get back to is – not even, not even going to say what we're trying to get back to. We're trying to build something new, something special, uh, a national championship program. You feel like uh, Kalen DeBoer this next year, first-year coach, I, I I think, you know, some of it's going to be new to you guys, but yeah. do you feel like so far you, you feel like there's some synergy there? Yeah, yeah. And people are – there's a lot of people saying, you know, how is the change going to be? Is it – it's going to be worse. It's going to be better. I think it's going to be better because I, I believe that change is where growth happens. And a lot of us on the team have been in the same kind of situation, same coaches and everything. For for me, it's been five years. And and this change has allowed me to become a better football player and even a better person because Coach Jabbar, he's big on the well-being of his, of his players and making sure they're all good and taken care of. USC is bringing some wide receivers into this conference that are going to be a challenge for people. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about that? What's your – Yeah. Um, <laughs> my guy, Terrell, who my former teammate, is now at USC. We, we have conversations all the time. And they, they got they got some weapons over there and no different from us. We, we're known to have the best secondary in the, in the country. That's an interesting matchup, you guys yeah. and them. Yeah. And I think – that challenge that would be a great a great competition a great challenge but I I, I genuinely feel like we can't circle anybody because mm-hmm. everybody everybody's gonna get it the same everybody's gonna get the best out of us every single time appreciate you Alex Cook defensive back Washington thank you thank you. Back to the Bald Face Truth with John Canzano, live from Pac-12 Media Day in Los Angeles on 750 The Game. Well, we've got David Shaw, Stanford head coach, with us. Uh, I was in I was in the hotel last night, Coach. I saw you walk by. I think your kid was with you. Yes. Is yes, that right? Carter was with you. I love that. 
I love that, that, you know, it's a family thing, and it's been a family thing for you forever, right? There is no question about it. Being able to do stuff with my dad, um, you know, around his job, and now having my kids around uh, has been awesome. Give me an idea, uh, as you, you know, we, we look at your recruiting classes, we look at your record, we all start to say, oh, Stanford's going to be better. They got, how are you feeling about sort of the trajectory right now? Um, I'm feeling like a tiger sitting in the weeds right okay. now. Um, we're kind of, I think we're kind of under underappreciated, undervalued, which as a coach, you know, you, it's kind of, it's kind of cool. Um, but at the same time, I think it gives our team a little bit of an edge um, that people don't expect much from us. And you, but as you say, you look the way we've recruited, you look at the guys that we have, you go through all the um, preseason NFL stuff where people are projecting guys and, you start hearing about, well, look, look at the Stanford receivers, the Stanford quarterback, the Stanford tight end. You know, might have one of the top corners in America on your side and the linebacking core. So I think we've got a lot of the pieces, and hopefully we can put it together this year. The, uh, you know, I always like to ask coaches, you know, you can have a, a star player at one position. Offensive guys will pick a quarterback. Defensive guys will pick a pass rusher. What's David Shaw want in that dream scenario? All of it. <laughs> yeah, going to vote. You know, I was telling somebody earlier, like, I, I, I'm a John Gruden disciple as far as the schematically and things that we do. And, um, you know, but my time at, at Oakland with the Raiders without Davis really shaped a lot of my mentality because Al was always like, why, why have a fair fight? Find the biggest guys you can find. Find the <laughs> fastest guys you can find uh, and create advantages for yourself. And I think that's where um, we look where we were able to secure one of the top, one of the top pass rushers in America last year. Uh, David Bailey will be a true freshman for us. Um, you want that guy that's that's tough to block um, and uh, recruit a quarterback who's 6'6 with a strong arm and a receiving core that has size and speed and tight end that's that's a mismatch. And those are the things that you're looking for, a corner with length and speed. And um, so, yeah, there's finding as many advantages on our side personnel-wise as we can and to make sure the scheme accentuates their ability. I've, I've always looked at Stanford as a little bit different. I grew up in the Bay Area, and I think with the transfer portal, you've got a different dynamic there. That, you know, you, maybe you're not going to lose guys because Stanford education is going to keep guys home, but how, how different does it feel to you to be in that world and have the portal and NIL be part of it? But you know, are, you, are you playing with different calculus there at Stanford? Uh, well, that's the thing is that we're not. We're going to continue to recruit the way that we recruit, and for us, we're going to attract the same guys. Right. So for us, someone who's choosing between a an NIL deal that is enticing him to go to a college, which is illegal, by the way. Yeah. Um, and coming to Stanford, which we say it's short term versus long term. You want to take your Stanford degree, which is going to earn more over the long run. Anyway, we've got the stats to prove it. So for those people that are long term thinkers that know that I'm coming to Stanford, not just for somebody to hand me money, but find a way for me to make money whether that's in the NFL, beyond the NFL, whether starting your own company, which a lot of our former athletes have started their own companies and who are higher up in different companies and doing a lot of great things. Um, so that hasn't really affected us. And as you said, too, like the transfer portal, um, I, I think in a lot of ways is a positive. Um, it's, it's over the top a little bit right now. But you want to have student athletes have to say, oh, you know what, I made a mistake and give them the opportunity to go someplace that they fit better. Um, but for us, once again, it hasn't really affected us that much. Uh, we had a couple guys leave last year, but we're nowhere close to what most people have because, as I said, if you recruit the right way and you recruit the right people, they don't leave when things get difficult, right? They reinvest. They push themselves. Um, we, we just had our worst year in a long time, and 
we lost two transfers. Our guys came back. Kyle Kelly could have gone to the NFL. He came back. Elijah Higgins could have gone to the NFL. He came back. Yeah. How hard were those losses for you? Because you've, you coaches always say the losses are harder than the wins are great, right? Then I guess the negative is you dwell on the losses more than the wins. When you've been there with 10 win seasons and BCS games and everybody knows the brand, uh, how difficult was last season for you? It was really difficult because part of what I get out of it, like I'm from a family of teachers and coaches, part of what you get out of it is seeing someone be successful. So it's not just losing, but right through the year looking at Kai Kelly's face and saying, you deserve so much better than this. You know, looking at Tanner McKee, like this last season should have been a coronation for him. Like and he, you deserve better than this. So our guys have put the work in um, and I want them to be successful. Um, so that was what was really difficult about that. Now, at the same time, I think every difficult situation you got to learn from and grow from. Everybody's talking about realignment and all this expansion stuff and UCLA and USC. Let's go a year from now, media day, you and I are sitting wherever we are having this conversation. What are we going to be talking about? What's going to be the story in a year? Uh, I think the story is going to be similar. I think the biggest question is what's the story going to be in 10 years? Um, with all of the realignment talk and who knows um, what else is going to happen over the next couple of years. Um, my heart of hearts tells me, if you look at the long horizon, that at some point in time, after all of these things happen, I believe that this will self-correct. Um, the reason why conferences were created were for proximity reasons, right? That's where they all had, you know, like the Big East, right? Yeah. The Southeast Conference, uh, the PAC you know, yep. whack, right? So, um, so I do believe after all of these things with all these TV contracts, I think in the next round of TV contract, I think it's really where it's going to possibly start to go back. Um, because if 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 so many, there's so much travel involved with college sports. I don't know that that's in the best interest of the student athletes. We'll survive whatever happens here. Uh, and then I think, in my opinion, get back to more regional uh, distribution. I love it. I really appreciate talking to you. I have over the years and, and had you on the show uh, on game weeks at times. But uh, wish you the best this year and uh, just the the stability that you're bringing. It's what people want to hear. I think there's a lot of Pac-12 fans that are nervous right now, a little anxious about what's happening. You've been in pro ball. I don't want college athletics to look like pro football. I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah. David Shaw, thank you. Thanks. <laughs> B-F-F-T. Now, presented by High Caliber Millwrights, live from Los Angeles, site of Pac-12 Media Days, here's John Canzano with the bald-faced truth. We've got Washington head coach Kalen DeBoer, who has stepped into, uh, stepped into the lounge here at Pac-12 Media Day uh, as part of our coverage here. Uh, I've had you on this show before. You were at Fresno State. Yep. We had a long talk prior to the Oregon game. Now, I'm glad to see you in the conference, man. I'm really excited to see what you guys are going to do. Yeah, it's great to be in the conference. Uh, it's something, especially having been on the West Coast the last uh, four out of five years, um, it's something I've certainly paid a lot more attention to, become more accustomed to. And uh, it's a great conference and uh, a lot of great schools that, uh, you know, um, are, are in it for a lot of the right reasons and uh, very competitive and a lot of championships have been won in this conference, and uh, you know, I, I know that's the that's the plan moving forward is to continue to do that. 
Do you, like, when you come in, you've obviously done this before. You've been part of a number of programs. But when you come through the door, what are the, what are the building blocks that you absolutely have to get set before, you know, you really start to think about football as a, as a program? Yeah, it's all the people. Um, surround yourself with great people, and that may sound simple, but it's really diving into the, the ones who you, you trust, first of all, uh, the ones that uh, you know are experts, um, finding the right combination of personalities, uh, expertise, um, and that's, that's where it all starts because, you know, hiring the right people and then letting them work and, yeah. uh, you, know, you know, keeping them in line. they got to have the same philosophy, philosophy, philosophy but they want to you know you want to have different people with different uh, character types too i don't want 10 coaches that are just like me i don't want five you know recruiting staff that are all exactly the same you need different people to complement each other i think it's uh it's interesting that you know there was a lot of buzz about other hires in the conference right when you were hired and and i said this is a sneaky good hire uh this guy knows what he's doing he's had success everywhere he's been what do you think those building blocks to, to success are? Like, what are those essential ingredients that you have picked up along the way? Because you've seen a lot of success. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you saying that. And uh, I think um, I think my path is unique. I was a head coach at one point, you know, and, had, had you know, this is 2005 to 2009. That's been a while already. But, uh, you know, you really get a chance at the time to shape who you are as a head coach. And then you go on to places like Southern Illinois, Eastern Michigan with Chris Creighton, um, Jeff Tedford at Fresno, Tom Allen at Indiana. And uh, you really see what all these other great coaches are doing. And uh, you get to be a part of it. And as much as you're helping them shape their program and our program at the time, um, their their ideas and just their temperaments and um, their styles, um, you know, you pick the things that, that fit what you want to add to what you already did. And so um, it, it's it's everything. It's all my experiences. And I wouldn't change my, my, uh, my path uh, for the world. Um, it's, uh, it's um, you know, it wasn't the necessary thing that I had to be at the, the highest level. I just love coaching and uh, being around the kids. And uh, this is uh, just kind of where it's come. Uh, when you love going to work, it's amazing what you can accomplish. How do you feel about your quarterback room? Yeah, it's it's competitive and uh, it's unique because you know we bring in Michael Penix uh, to to the room and he's someone that uh, I'm very familiar with. He was with me a year at Indiana in 2019. Knows the offense. Um, can can I be that coach on the field, especially as the rest of the team is learning our system? And uh, you know when you get into to the rest of it, you, know, you got a Dylan Morris uh, who's taken a lot of snaps in a Husky uniform. And uh, really has uh, improved a lot uh, from the beginning of the spring to the end of the spring. And, you know, a young Sam Heward, who is going to be an up-and-comer and and, uh, obviously has a big name and uh, has done a lot and has a lot of accolades. Um, And it's really cool seeing his rise throughout the spring. And every rep he takes, he's going to continue to get better. And, um, you know, the other guys have all that experience, and he's the one that just every day is going to make that ascent faster. Um, because he's got more room to grow, and that's cool seeing that happen and being a part of that. Like 25 years ago, I was covering Indiana basketball. Bob Knight was still there as the coach. It's a different place, man. They live it. They love it. They breathe it. What did you learn at Indiana, or what did you pick up there that you still carry with you? Well, besides, I think the things that just uh, the intensity that Tom brings and um, just the shaping of kind of how you build a culture uh, a certain way, um, I think that was a lot of it. But um, I think – the thing I've seen over all the stops, and it was continued to be um, stressed there, is that 
you know, there's such a fine line between winning and losing. And, uh, you know, um, at, at Eastern Michigan, I learned that. Uh, it took a while to get going, but now you can see there's just that fine line. And, and you know, Fresno, we went from a 1-11 and 11 before we got there to, to you know, 10-4 and 4 and then 12-2. and 2. And then at Indiana in one year, we made that big jump and went to the, the Gator Bowl. And so that fine line and how important the details are um, to make sure you're, you're winning on the winning side of, uh, of that line and um, you know that just comes through again day to day just focus and just everyone doing their job and, and being intentional and in, uh, in the relationships and how important they are to all of it as well. I'm going to ask you to, uh, to be a little bit Nostradamus here. Um, what are we going to be talking about a year from now? Not yeah. you know everybody's talking about all this other stuff yeah. now. What are we going to be talking about in a year? Well, um, I mean, NIL, right? Still, are we going <laughs> to what is it going to be? You know, are we going to be looking back on what has has happened and how it's changed? And you know, now you're going to have the reflections of what was done well and what fell apart and what was a disaster. And so, I think it's going to be a lot of the reflections. Um, but you know, there's it's just college football right now is just in a constant state of uh, you know evolving. Uh, that's kind of been the word that I've used. Uh, and you got to be able to adjust. And so it's uh, having foresight and just um, changing with the times. Um, I mean, that's the nature of the of the job right now as much as any time it's ever been. So um, I don't know what we're going to be talking about, but uh, I know we're going to be reflecting and trying to do exactly what you're at, you say, asking as uh, to guess what the future holds. It's an interesting dynamic. You know, this, this show airs statewide in Oregon. You're in Washington. Uh, those schools have always been rivals, but it, it feels like you're in it together a little bit right now. Like this conference really needs to pull together. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, how do you how do you coach and and serve kids while the target is moving like yeah. NIL transfer portal? Who's in this conference? Who's out? How do you deal with all that? Yeah, two things. I think, first of all, the kids. I mean, that's if you keep your mind and really try to simplify it down and you're doing what's best for them. And that determines what your decisions are going to be day to day. I think you're, you're always going to keep going in the right direction. When it comes to the conference, I've always been a believer that as much as we're competitive on the field, in recruiting, you know, um, a conference and, and the strength of that conference and us, you know, unifying um, and having that, 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 uh, that presence together um, makes us who we are. Um, all the different conferences I've been a part of, you know, um, the, the staffs or the, or the coaches that uh, the head coach in particular leading the programs really, um, you know, in the end can sit in a room and look around like, hey, you know, we're fighting this fight together, uh, even though on game day we're fighting that fight against each other. Um, you know, that those are the ones that really continue, I think, to, to rise up. And, and those are the ones that are fun to be a part of because, uh, you know, as much as, yes, I know money's involved and you got, you got this, uh, you know, th this is a – the college experience is for the players, but it's also starts with all of us, and uh, we have to be leaders and great examples in that area. Kalen DeBoer, Washington coach, thanks for joining us. You bet, thank you. You've got John Canzano and the Bald Face Truth, live from Los Angeles, site of Pac-12 Media Day. Cam Rising, the Utah quarterback, is with us. How you doing? Doing good. What media day? Are you getting the same questions over and over again? That's, yeah, it happens. That's part of media. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Um, my goal is to not have that happen. Ooh, okay. Okay. So Appreciate this interview that. is going to be unlike anything else that you do. Okay. All right. I want to go back to Vegas. 
No, let's go back even further. Let's go back to last season, that game at Rice-Eccles Stadium where Oregon came to Utah. I was there that night. It was an ambush. Yeah, it was, it was electric for us. Yeah. Okay, Oregon fans, it's miserable for them. Forgive me, Oregon fans who are listening to this, but what was that like to have everything just click the way it did? It was amazing. It almost felt fake because it was like every everything that you wanted to happen in that game was, was happening, especially when, once that, that punt return happened. Yes. You were like, just, backbreaker. Yeah, nothing. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost like nothing can go wrong tonight. So it was. It's always fun when you have games like that because they don't always happen like that. Yeah. And just it was. Yeah, you it was want fun. it. It's like yeah. a video game. No I mean, doubt. it was just like bang, bang, yeah, bang. You know, as easy as it gets. You, when you win at halftime for that game, what, what's that talk like? Keep that gas pedal going. We got, yeah. we got, still, still got a job to do, and yeah. we still got to make sure that we're handling our business. Because just like we scored points in that first half, they can come out and do that. Because you, know, you never know with Oregon, they yeah. they can get that ball in the end zone fast. You go to a Rose Bowl. You didn't get the result you wanted. Uh, I keep hearing there's unfinished business. I think it's interesting for a team that won a conference championship to say there's unfinished business. Do you feel like there's something unfinished? Uh, to a degree, just because you never want to lose a game. That, that's the last thing that you're wanted to do as a competitor. And just, yeah, we want to we want to we want to go in there and win that game. And, and depending on what whatever game it is, and just just got to take it one week at a time to get there. Cam Rising, our guest. Uh, there, are, I think there's seven transfer quarterbacks in the Pac-12 that will likely be starters. Yep. Uh, it's a different game now today. How did that feel to you to come into a program and that it wasn't where you started and you, it, you've, you've had success, obviously? Yeah. Um, it's, it's definitely different just coming from a different school and, and trying to adapt to that scheme and change, change all the, the different guys that you have in your room and just adapt into that. And you got you got to be able to change and, uh, on, a, on, on a, any, a drop of a dime, really. Yeah. Andy Ludwig, your offensive coordinator, I've known him for years. He was at Fresno State with David yeah. Carr when yep. I saw him up close. He's been at Oregon, other places. Um, what's it like to work with Ludwig? He's, he's unbelievable. He's, he's a great offensive mind, and he's just a student of the game, always yeah. always trying to learn and get better, and, and that's why he's so successful at what he does. He's kind of a history nerd, too. Yeah. Like, Does he talk to you about like American history and <laughs> US, like stuff, world history? Here. Yeah, he, he's, he's a very knowledgeable man, and just I'm, yeah. I'm happy I play for him. All right, man. give me an idea. Uh, away from football, what's Cam Rising doing? Like, you know, What's your side hustle? What's going on in your life? I've uh, recently been golfing a lot. A okay. Lot more. Yeah, it's always a good time. You to got the tan, there. too. You've been outside. Yeah. I was in Hawaii. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, that, that got me right and just yeah, yeah excited. Yeah. All right, give me a, and the golf. What got you into golf? Just uh, my grandpa back in the day. Yeah, I started playing when I was young. I remember uh, my first time I ever hit a hit a golf ball I was yeah. on a baseball field and yeah. and I just hit, hit smacked it and it, it went far and I might have ended up in a parking lot or something, <laughs> right. but I I didn't really want to go find out and that was the first time and ever since then just. Just loved it. The uh, your head coach Kyle Whittingham, uh, he talks about skiing. He's uh, he's not one of these guys that I think goes to the office at four o'clock in the morning, and he's he's got a life. Yeah. Outside of uh, how important is depending, that? Uh, depending if it's out out of season or right. in season, of right? Right. It's a little different. Yeah, he's not yeah. like skiing on a Wednesday yeah, during no season, yeah. but uh, but give me an idea. Like he's a real person. You're yeah. playing for a real person. How important is that to have a relationship with the coach and and feel like you know it's not just a boss. Yeah, situation. absolutely, and, and that's just Coach Witt, his personality. You know, he, he he's friendly with everyone, and he's always going to gonna be there for his guys and, and go to bat for them. So you always love having a coach like that, and that's that's the real reason I went to Utah because I wanted to play under a guy that just has that type of confidence in his team and is always going to be there for him, and 
yeah, he he's a funny guy out there, and just always good to see him riding on the, on his chopper. And yeah, so it's a good time. Having yeah, him it's here. it's different. It's interesting yeah. to to never, watch. Never that. a dull moment with coach. Not you know? not dull at all. Cam yeah. rising with us, Utah quarterback. Uh, all right, so you know we look at leadership. What's good leadership in a locker room? Uh, handling your 20 square feet. There's there's nothing you can do that's more important than that. If you're not taking care of your business, then you can't tell another person, hey, you got to make sure you're doing this. If you're not if you're not doing your homework, you can't tell another guy to do his homework, and that and that's just that's just the case with football, and that's the case with anything if you want to lead. We got guys that will uh, leave and go. You had a linebacker, uh, Devin Lloyd, who is who like there's a lot of other teams that are happy to see him go. He's gone to the NFL. Is there a defensive player that Cam Rising goes, hey, much respect, but I'm glad that guy's out of the league. I think I mean Kayvon Thibodeau is definitely a guy that that always has that presence on the field and, and definitely happy to see him him gone yeah. and not not really have to worry about that as much. But I know it's the University of Oregon and there, yeah. there's always going to be another one up. So just looking for the you guys did a good job with him though, like yeah. game planning. You did yeah. a, especially that first game. I don't think his name got called very no, often. Yeah. What, what was going on there? Just the the O line kind of took yeah. it personal and they the tone and really really make their mark and, and really be felt and. They they owned it each and every week. They they just were ready to to put the pads on them and, and make sure that that they're making them feel it at each and every uh, play. You must you go into the grocery store in Salt Lake City. People know now. They recognize you. They talk. Bit, yeah. It's probably different now, isn't it? Of course, yeah. What's that like for you? Um, it's different. Uh, it's fun. Always getting to interact with fans and stuff out, outside of football and and just talk to them. But yeah, I've, I've been staying inside a little bit more than I probably yeah. used to. But yeah. yeah. Because you don't strike me as a guy, like, you know, sometimes we think about the quarterback and we go, oh, he likes the limelight and the attention. You don't strike me that way. I don't really care about the fame part. Yeah. I just like playing football. Where does that <laughs> yeah. come from? That's got to be family, your family uh, of origin. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they did a great job just kind of making sure that, that that's not my focus. Uh, I don't I don't really care about being famous or anything like that. That's, I just want to be known as a winner and a competitor in, the, in that aspect, and that's kind of. Just my dad and my brothers and my mom as well, just, just kind of engraving that in me growing up. you got two tight ends that are, uh, I think, both going to play in the NFL. They're yeah. really good players. No They're both wide open. Yep, always. Uh, always open. <laughs> yeah. Probably come back no, to the no. huddle cam. Yeah. Why, why, why not <laughs> no, me? No. Uh, but give me an idea of what, what that's like to have those kinds of targets, two big physical targets. I mean, tight ends are always quarterback's best friends, and, and having a guy like Dalton and Brant just they, – they, they, they're a perfect match for each other because, you know, Dalton, the more possession and go up and get it and, and Brant with his rack. And it's just fun to have those guys and they complement each other so well. And just looking forward to them getting them the ball and just watching them go. You look like you were having fun last year. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's playing football. It's the same yeah. thing I've been doing ever since yeah. I, was, I was eight. Yeah. Hey, what, what else did you play as a kid? Like uh, ba other? Basketball was my first love. Really? Uh, yeah. I love playing basketball, but uh, also ran track in high school. Yeah. All right, so basketball, do you have an NBA team? What's your team? Lakers. They really? Yep. Bleed, oh, man. Bone. So, we're, like, give me an idea from your childhood because I'm trying to figure out. Like, Kobe. Kobe. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's the first thing that comes to mind. And that, that's a that's also another part of it. I, I think just having a guy like that that you watch and admire yeah. so much and, and you kind of you always want to see what he's doing and, and how he's thinking and what his mind, mind uh, is going through. Yeah. What he's able to accomplish and, and endure through all the adversity that he has, he's had to face, and yeah, that that kind of can you a part still play? Well. Like if you you if you went out to like a Utah men's basketball practice, I'll get it done. Could you get could you yeah. could you score? 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah I'm getting to the hole. Yeah, <laughs> I'll make like it that. happen. Have yeah. you told them that? Have you have you scrimmaaged with those guys or played I, a pickup I, game? Yeah, I've I, a few a few games back back in the day, but not not so much yeah. recently. Been kind of trying to stay away from doing yeah. that, doing anything dumb that could affect the season. But yeah, it, we we played and and it's always a good time and it's fun playing with those guys because they're they're definitely a whole lot better than me right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, so uh, obviously everyone's going to be asking you, or what's it like to be the favorite? You haven't been the favorite before. Um, I, you know, you, you you're probably. I think Oregon fans are going to look at the Utah game and they're going to go circle it on the calendar. Of course, yeah. How do you avoid getting ambushed in that game? Because you did it to them twice yeah. last season, and I know that Oregon is going. We we need no to doubt. get that game. Absolutely, and it's a great football team, and you and you can't deny it, and. They're always going to be yeah. getting great, great guys out, and just just excited. You got to take take it one game at a time, and just really make sure that during the week you're doing, you're going through the process to make sure you're ready to get ready for that game, and just go yeah. out there and put your best foot and forward. Or, but Oregon State beat you guys, and they feel they felt good about that. Yeah. They were really good at home. They were six and zero at home last year. What happened in that game? Can't have pump blocks. Yeah, one was returned for a touchdown, and we had another one that that left them was inside two. inside the red zone and. If you do that, chances are you're not going to be winning very many football games, and yeah, I just got to clean that up. And was that frustrating? Because that was that was that a low point for you guys? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It, when you're when you're out there and you you have a three and out or something, and it's it's hard to have confidence when when your punt team's going out there, and, and that that keeps happening. Just yeah, it was it was a rough one. All right, memorizing. How different was this interview than the others? Oh, it was way better. Was it di- uh, better? Yeah. Good. Get great question. I don't. Appreciate I don't get it. to yeah. hear the other interviews. Yeah. So I appreciate you. Yeah. Wish you the best this season. Yeah. Thank you. All right, memorizing. You've got John Canzano and the Bald Face Truth live from Los Angeles, site of Pac-12 Media Day. Back to the Bald Face Truth with John Canzano on 750 The Game. Kyle Whittingham, Utah football coach, is with us. Uh, uh, We talked about your dad around Father's Day, man. Such a family thing at the Whittinghams when you talk about football. And I know... When we talked about it, I could tell you were really excited to talk about your dad. That's He gave you a gift, didn't he? Without a doubt. And, uh, you know, the most influential person in my coaching career has been my father and, and uh, had the great fortune to uh, work for him as a linebacker coach when he was the coordinator at, at Utah way back in 90, 94, I believe it was. And so I also played for him in college. So, yeah. so uh, you know, everything that embodies me as a coach as far as my defensive philosophies and, and uh, teaching methods – come from that man I had cam rising in here earlier he's a special kid he got he spark is. to him doesn't he he does competitor he's, he's got the it factor he's got that moxie that you look for in a quarterback and and uh, he is the leader of our leaders he's the alpha dog of our football team that x factor that that you that it that you talk about can you see it when you're recruiting a kid or do you have to compete with him and see you know him? You try to try to evaluate that, obviously, and, and uh, you're not always going to be 100 percent correct, but but you can see that uh, oftentimes in, in uh, you know how they carry themselves and how they are viewed on their high school team and or junior college team, as the case may be. But but uh, certainly uh, has been a huge benefit for our team to have Cam uh, be in that role. All right, uh, a year from now, one year from now, <laughs> we're talking now. Everybody's talking about expansion and realignment and USC UCLA, but 
What's the story going to be when we talk a year from now at Pac-12 Media Day 2023? Wow, that's a great question. Uh, I don't know if anybody has the, the uh, exact answer to that. Uh, I know we're moving more towards a uh, NFL minor league model. You know, things seem to be going in that direction. A super conference set up, uh, a full-blown playoff. You know, 12, 16 teams. Uh, is that going to happen within a year? Uh, it might be a stretch, but uh, there's uh, you know things that have happened in the last couple of years that you know you look at the nail and yeah. what it's done to to college football, and and we still don't know what its uh, you know final impact's going to be because yeah. it's still a work in progress. Uh, transfer portal. There's talk about being able to transfer unlimited amount of times without having to sit out. That or you know that's going to make a, for a, uh, its own set of uh, issues there, but. But I can't give you a, a, a great uh, answer on that other than uh, expect the unexpected. That's all I can say. I, you guys go to a Rose Bowl. You win a conference championship. A lot of people would say, you know, fantastic season. But your guys keep saying unfinished business. How is that possible? How well, did you do that? <laughs> you man, That's the yeah, psychological mind trick. Yeah, yeah. you got to be part psychologist as a head football coach. But, but uh, you know, that's something that eluded us for many years is that Pac-12 championship. So we got that. Uh, monkey off our back and, <clears throat> and obviously our guys are are looking towards the next step which is trying to get access to the cfp i mean that's i think that's what everyone in the country is shooting for at least the power five schools is to is to uh get involved in the cfp and and that's something that we've uh, been very close but have not quite got that breakthrough yet so i guess you could say the next step in the evolution of our program is to try to crack that cfp you've been at this a while <clears throat> and you know kids have changed over the years the games changed over the years um, you got to be pretty adaptable to do that. Absolutely. Like, how big a strength is that as a coach, just to be fluid and adaptable? Well, it's it's a must, and if you're if you're not, you're going to get left behind. And so, uh, you know, whether you like the changes that have take place and they're going to take place or not, that's irrelevant. It's how you adapt to them and how you know how you embrace them, and uh, it's survive or or be left behind. And so, uh, it's uh, something that uh, I think. You know, Utah, we've done a pretty good job of. I think we've got a pretty good handle on NAL right now as far as, uh, you know, how it fits in our scheme of things. And, and uh, But you got to continue to evolve. And as the as the game evolves and as the as the landscape changes, you got to change with it. You have uh, a staff that includes Andy Ludwig on the offensive side of the ball. You, I'm always interested in how you put a staff together. Yeah. There's a little bit of art, a little bit of science in kind of blending that together. Yeah, you got to have uh, the right makeup, and, and that's so critical to your success, or it you know, could be the lack thereof is the chemistry of your staff and making sure you're all pulling in the same direction, have the same agenda, uh, no, nobody uh, kind of going rogue on you and doing their own thing, and everybody – uh, being loyal to each other, and I feel like we've got a pretty good situation in that regard at Utah. All right, Dan Landing, uh, Oregon coach, gave me his top five movies earlier. Are you a movie guy? Yeah, somewhat. You know, me... The movies now are nowhere near what they used to be. No. I'll tell you that. Disappointing. But, yeah. What well, do you like? What, what's Okay, top five. Or just give me a couple that you couple. Know, Kyle Woodingham's movie picks. Godfather. Okay. Godfather was tremendous. One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. That's yeah. an oldie but a goodie. Uh, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid is an old favorite of mine. Then uh, of course you know the Dumb and Dumber, the Animal yeah. House, Caddyshack, you yeah. know that that deal. So. Can you show like Clark Phillips the third, like you know, one flew over the cuckoo's nest, or is <laughs> no. he going to be like, no, get, get out of here? Yeah, it's a different, it's a different <laughs> era now that in that regard. But uh, but uh, you know it's uh, and you know I'm kind of an old school guy, and so yeah. this new stuff, the the uh, you know not really a Star Wars, you know all the things that are going on. But anyway, that was an ambush last year at your place, Rice Eccles Stadium. Oregon came to play. It was one of those games where just everything 
you, everything happened, yeah. it was almost like it was a perfect storm, right? What, but what happened that night? Well, our guys were ready to play, I can tell you that. They yeah. were focused. Uh, we knew that, uh, you know, if you're going to be able to, uh, you know, make noise in the Pac-12, you got to beat Oregon. I mean, they're one of the top dogs in the in the, in the the uh, conference, and, and uh, our guys uh, were completely focused that evening. Uh, we had a great crowd, and really the play of the game, in my opinion, was the punt return by oh. Britt Covey right before halftime. That was and uh, really set the tone for the rest of the game. Do you go in at halftime, and uh, do you have to kind of put on a face like, hey, guys, this isn't over, <laughs> Exactly. even though it felt like it was over? <laughs> yeah, you got to keep them focused and understand that uh, you get 30 more minutes of football and a lot can happen, but but we certainly had some great momentum at that point. Because you had to be smiling on the inside. Yeah. But you can't let your guys see that, no, can you? No, you cannot. You cannot. you got to keep, <laughs> keep them grounded and keep them uh, focused on the task at hand. And then you get uh, that second crack at him, mm-hmm. and there were a lot of people who said, no, this can't happen twice. Yeah. And you did it twice. Yeah. Like, were you more proud the second time? Absolutely. It's tough to beat a team like Oregon uh, once a year, let alone twice a year or twice in a 13-day period. And and uh, again, it, it played out very uh, similar to the first game, where the the big play in that game was the the interception right before halftime. We were able to convert into a field goal and get mm-hmm. the momentum again going into halftime. It wasn't quite the momentum that the punt return generated, but but it was the same thing. We were able to make a big play and and end on a score right before half, which really uh, set the tone again. All right, you, you ride a Harley, you ski. <laughs> what, what was your first motorcycle? How'd you get into that? I had a uh, Yamaha Trail 70 way back in the day. <laughs> and then, uh, you're way too young to, to remember those. But but I've been on motorcycles since I was eight years old, and I and, uh, love them. Now, you got to respect them. They're dangerous. I mean, yeah. I'm not, you know, they, they certainly come with risk, but... But uh, I just love getting out and, and uh, getting on the bike and, and going for rides. Yeah, is it more of a summertime thing for you? Or oh, yeah. You, yeah, yeah cause you can't really sure. bebop around in the dead of winter in nope. Salt Lake. No, you cannot. So right. it's very season, seasonal up there. Okay, yeah. uh, I appreciate your time. Thank you for joining us. Always love talking to you. I'll get you back on during the season. Okay, let's do and, it. And, you know, it's always fun to talk football right. and life. Thanks, Sounds Coach. Sounds good, man. Thank okay. you. Okay. You've got John Canzano and the Bald Face Truth. Live from Los Angeles, site of Pac-12 Media Day. John Canzano and the Bald Faced Truth, live from Los Angeles, site of Pac-12 Media Day on 750 The Game. Pac-12 Media Day in Los Angeles. Washington State quarterback Cameron Ward is our guest. What's it like, man? What's Media Day been like for you? Uh, it's been a fun experience. Uh, come out here to L.A. to meet uh, some of the other quarterbacks like Cam Rising and Caleb Williams, uh, two of the other good Pac-12 quarterbacks. So, you know, just meeting them, get to know, like, their personality. Uh, it's just been a great experience. I think you, the, I, it, no disrespect to any of those other guys. I'm, I'm more excited about seeing what you can do in this offense. Yes, sir. And you got Coach Morris, Eric Morris, coming with you from, you know, he jumped in the portal with you. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> you guys come as a, a package. Uh, what is that like for you? Because the playbook, same playbook, mm-hmm. you know it. You don't have that growth curve, right? Like you're just, this is the offense that you know. But what's different? Um, really, we uh doing a lot, a lot more. Uh, I would say outside zone, uh, in our run game a little bit more than what we did in the past. Uh, so you know, it's not really big of adjustment, uh, playbook wise. Uh, for me, you know, we've got the same signals, mm-hmm. same formations, everything the exact same from what it was at UIW. So really, just getting to know my teammates a little bit more than what I already do, and you know, just have that team camaraderie. Uh, come September third, and we're just ready to play. Let's go back to high school. If I had told you in high school, hey, you're going to end up playing at Washington State, you would have thought I was crazy? 
Uh, no, I'd probably believe it. Uh, really? Yeah, yeah. Just had to take a different journey, though. Uh, wasn't wasn't a uh, five star, four star, it was zero star. You know, one offer. Um, but you know. So you had one offer. Mm -hmm, one offer. That's UIW. But you know, everything happens for a reason. God put me in this position. And, uh, I'm just thankful for every day. You're an easy guy to root for when you hear that story. Like, and I and I think it's relatable. I've always hated that star system. You know, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I think it misses, and sometimes just because, let's say, USC or Oregon is recruiting a kid, suddenly he becomes a four-star kid, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. it's, uh, and I, I, I've struggled with that. What message do you give to high school kids out there that, that may find themselves in that position where they don't have a lot of options? Uh, you know, just don't, don't, don't worry about the four to five stars out there. Uh, you know, everything you want, if it's destined for you, you're going to get it. So, you know, just keep, keep God first. And just always play with a chip on your shoulder. Always remember what they said. Always remember what everyone told you. There's a lot of schools who told me no. And I just, I remember uh, their names, what they told me to this day. So that just always stays with me. The uh, the world of name, image, likeness, uh, you know, the Cougar Collective. I'm told you got an apartment, a truck, maybe some walking around money. Am I getting that about right? Oh, uh, yeah, you're getting, a, you're getting a little bit about right. Yeah, they uh, blessed me uh, with a nice little GMC truck um, from uh, Valley View GMC. They're great people over there. Yeah. Uh, got a little apartment uh, with cool housing. Got some little, little bit of cash in my pocket off NIL deals. So, you know, NIL has been great to me. Uh, you know, I'm trying to help my teammates get a little bit. RJ's, uh, he's getting a little bit of NIL right now. So, you know, just trying to, uh, you know, show the recruits, you know, you come to pull me, uh, you can also get, get the stuff that we're getting. I think it's a great example of, like, what NIL was supposed to be, right? And it's supposed to help incentivize you or you're able to earn on your endorsement now do you get to keep the truck or is you just are you just leasing it? oh it's a lease yeah it's a yeah. lease you know who, who knows who knows they might if, you, know, you we play have, well enough you get yeah, to keep it we, we have a good season i play well enough i do my job they, they might let me have it so you know it's gonna be a fun season okay so same playbook but you have different players around you and more speed more athleticism oh uh, i would definitely say more speed uh and athleticism uh starting with my ex strib design stribbling He's a big guy, uh, 6'3", 6'4", can jump out the gym, you know, athletic, can deep threat, take top off, uh, go intermediate if we need him. Uh, also, we have Renard Bell who's come back off an ACL injury. Looks, He looks very good at spring ball when he did go. Looks very good in summer getting back right. Uh, he's explosive. Every time the ball touches his hand, he can take it the distance. Have Lincoln Victor. He's more of our shifty uh, slot receiver. Uh, he's a smart uh, football player, great IQ, No, uh, you know, the – the techniques to get in and out of cuts. And also uh, we have Don Ollie from Dallas, Texas. Okay. Uh, he's a smooth receiver. Uh, he's very good versus zone, very good versus zone to press man, get off the line, you know, just find those open windows, you know, getting us what we need. Cameron Ward is our guest, Washington State's quarterback. Uh, what do you what do you do outside of football? Uh, I, love, I love playing video games, man. I play Fortnite. I might start a little streaming, a little streaming on Twitch. I might start that eventually. Uh, you know, I, I'm a big-time basketball player growing up. I was a basketball player. Uh, so, you know, anytime I get a chance to go hoop, uh, you know, it's limited uh, because of football. But anytime I get a chance to go hoop, I do. Uh, I love playing basketball. And also, uh, I like fishing at home. When I'm back at home, I enjoy, uh, you know, going outside, going to the salt water, you know, catching, yeah. uh, you know, some redfish. You got, I haven't caught a flounder in a long time, so I, I'll probably never catch a flounder down there. Catching some hardhead cat, catfish, we hate those, though. Stanford's defensive back, Caillou Blue Kelly, mm -hmm. he told me, nobody else knows this, he's developing a video game. Is he? You need to get with him. Hey, hey, I, I think, you, you know. Can talk about what it's going to be about? Like uh, what type? I think it's going to be one of those kind of Fortnite yeah, that, kind of games. Dope. He's he's big into it, mm -hmm. you know. If he, if he comes out with it, I'll definitely, I'll definitely look into it, though. I might get it. Cat or dog person? 
dog. I got a Rottweiler. You're right. That's good. Mm-hmm. Right. That's a correct answer. Yes, Cameron Ward is with us. Uh, all right. So when we talk about the the speed of the game and the athleticism changing, did you find it in spring ball or maybe even before that a little bit of your timing off because of that or no? No, not really. Um, I'll say only the biggest thing uh, to me that stood out uh, was just like R.J. Stone and Brendan Jackson. They're just two athletic defensive ends, I would say. I would just say they're they're very mobile, uh, you know, for that position. Uh, everything else has been the same to me. Uh, you know, just go from one read to next read. He's not open, get to him, take the ball down. So it was just really at the end of the day, it's just football to me. I'm just doing what I know what to do. You're probably looking forward to this season like crazy, I'm mm-hmm. sure. Uh, the Is there a game on the schedule you circle or – do you uh, do that? The first game, Idaho, uh, you know, just being able to play my first Power 5 game uh, in front of a big stadium, in uh, front of uh, the fans like uh, Cougar Country. So, you know, just being able to show them uh, what I can do with the football in my hands, I'm excited for it. I think you guys are going to be sneaky good. Like, I, I just think the addition of you, the the Cougar raid, is that what we're calling it? Yes, not sir, the air, not the air raid. No, 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 Cougar raid. <laughs> Trying to get away from that. I know Coach Dickert told me, no, 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 Cougar raid, Cougar raid. Uh, mm-hmm. But I, I just think, like, you know, this was a team that competed for the North Division Championship yep. last year. It was very close, very competitive, and now they add you to the mix. Uh, it's, uh, it feels like it could be a big year. Yes, sir. That's what we expect. Uh, we live by standard every day up there. So, you know, we all expect to win a Pac-12 championship, hopefully get a Rose Bowl out of it. So, you know, it's an everyday process. We're just going to take it week by week. Cameron Ward, thank you. Thanks for spending some time with us. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. You've got John Canzano and the Bald Face Truth. Live from Los Angeles, site of Pac-12 Media Day. This is the BFT with John Canzano, live from Pac-12 Media Day in L.A. on 750 The Game. Chip Kelly has stepped into the ring. Here he is. Uh, Man, I miss you, man. I miss having our conversations back in the day. I was a young man then. You were a young coach. What happened to us? Uh, How's it going? It's great. I'm excited. We, uh... We have a great group of guys, and we can't wait to get started. What position group is at 2.30 in the morning? Is Chip Kelly going, oh, you know, I don't know what we're going to do. We're young there. What are you thinking about? What's keeping you up? 2.30 in the morning, I'm sleeping. <laughs> sleeping like nothing. a baby? Sleeping like a baby. I'm a really good sleeper. Yeah. I preach it to our players, and if you preach it to your players, you have to do it. So, um, the cool part of this team, I'm not worried about anybody on this football team. Um, we have 21 kids that have graduated, 20 of them in grad school. Um, we've got a bunch of great older senior leaders that are – set the tone for our younger kids. I think our kids are really into development. They want to get developed academically. They want to get developed ethically. They want to get developed socially. They want to get developed spiritually. It's, it's a great group to coach. We've had people come watch our practices and was like, wow, what a great group of guys they are. They, they, yeah. They're really professional in how they do everything. We're seeing uh, some six-year guys and some seven-year guys in some cases in the yeah. conference. How has that made it different for you to get some older guys that have got some COVID red shirts? Oh, and- yeah all that extra eligibility it's, i mean it's night and day you know my first two years i think my first year we had 44 freshmen um our second year in we had 87 freshmen and sophomores we were the youngest team in the country and now we're one of the oldest teams in the country you know we do have a couple six-year kids um our quarterback's back for his fifth year uh, most of our offensive line three or four of our offensive linemen are fifth-year kids um but they can explain to the new kids that we bring in, whether they be transfers or freshmen, um, not only how we do it, but why we do it. Um, so I think the buy-in part isn't just the coaches explaining to it. I think the players really um, have taken ownership of this team um, and have done a great job. You know, and it's it's uh, 
it's fun to be around them. You know, you're, you're talking to young men that you can have adult conversations with, and, and they're really focused on understanding that if all we're trying to get them to do is just invest in themselves, and they're doing that. Culture keepers, I think you call yeah. those guys. Yeah. Uh, Chip Kelly with us, UCLA coach. The uh, w- Let's talk movies for a second. Uh, you know, you once upon a time said you didn't understand how snakes on a plane got made. I don't. I still don't. <laughs> I still don't. What what else what else doesn't make sense to Chip Kelly in the world? There's a lot. I mean, I, I've been depressed just because I couldn't go to the movies. Um, so the first one I went to, I actually went to see uh, Top Gun Maverick. Yeah. Last week, it was awesome. Really good, huh? Yeah. You have to see Surprise. it in a theater too, huh? Yeah, that's why I didn't want to see it in rental. And we actually I saw it in the theater, and it was it was as advertised. Did it make you want to go up in like a F-14 or whatever those guys are flying? Those F-14s. <laughs> um, I would like to do that. Yeah. You would do that? Oh yeah. I don't think I would do it. I would. I'd probably pass out now. Yeah. I think I don't think I could handle the, the G's, but uh, I would at least like to try. It was fantastic to see some of the stuff they were doing. It and really was. Yeah. It, 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 and, and look, and you are an expert in your field, and you probably you get an opportunity maybe to spend time with guys who are an expert in everything, yeah. but imagine those military guys getting to spend an afternoon. You've done that before, haven't yeah. you? Yeah. I've spent time with the SEALs. Um, you know, I've been to uh, Coronado to watch them train, and then I've been to Damn Neck in Virginia to watch uh, – Still Team Six and different people do some work, and it's. Uh, what are they amazing. doing there? Like, what's that? They were doing close like? quarters, taking down, um, how to take down a room. You know, they have a whole operation of what's their protocol of going in and different scenarios and different sets that they work in, and it was. Um, it's impressive to watch the, the elite of anybody. I don't care what yeah. job you are. When you watch somebody that's elite perform, it's it's special. Do you after you see that when you walk in a room, are you applying the principles you've seen you've learned? There? I scan the room. I don't I don't really <laughs> apply the the principles that I've learned from those guys because I'm not packing. But um, it's it's uh, it's unique and and to watch anybody elite um, is really cool. Chip Kelly is with us. Uh, this conference, uh, where were you when you found out UCLA was going? I was at a charity golf tournament in New Hampshire. Who were you playing with? Um, I was playing with a former Nike guy, Gary DeSefano, who's a former vice president at Nike. That's a University of New Hampshire graduate. Gary was in our group. Sean McDonald, the former head coach of the University of New Hampshire, was in our group. And then a good friend of mine, Matty Cassano, was in our group. And then the group directly behind us was Ryan Day. Yeah. was playing with uh, his father-in-law, Stan Spiro, who was one of my high school coaches and teachers, and a bunch of guys who just got together. So I found out on 14. Yeah, we're in a weird world, aren't we? It was. And yeah. then, you know, it's going to happen in an hour and make sure you don't say anything. I was like, well, Ryan's behind me. <laughs> right. And by the time we got to 16, I think everybody in the world knew, and people were asking me, and I was like, I was telling up to 10, and I don't know what's going on. So. You've played a national championship game. You've seen the program that you left. Oregon went to the playoff and got to the title game. It can, it can happen in this conference. What would it mean for you, the program, Pac-12, to get UCLA or somebody else in the in the playoff? Yeah, I, I think it's it's all cyclical, and I think every year, you know, what happened one year is, isn't going to happen the next year, and I, I think sometimes too, too, too long, too many people look at the past. Well, this happened in the past, and no one can get there. Well, no one said a group of five teams could get there, but Cincinnati did. You know, and Luke did a great – Luke has done and, uh, a, a good enough job to get his program from a group of five to the Big 12 and get into into a league. You know, no one would have thought that would have happened five, six years ago. So I think um, there's doomsayers out there, but I, I, I've always looked at it from a positive standpoint. So I think um, I think the future for college football is bright. We saw you as a first-time head coach at Oregon. How are you different now all these years later? That's a good question. Um, I think we all grow. I think I've learned that not everybody thinks the same way I think. You know, I, I had a, a passion and a, 
desire of what I want to get accomplished. And I think when you're younger, you think everybody thinks that way. Like, how can't they not think that way? <laughs> you know, and then you, you kind of open your eyes to see that there are other perspectives and things. Um, and then you ask to, you get an opportunity to see what's the real, what's the main thing. You know, I spent some time with Jeff Mail and Ifo. Um, they were down for a seven-on-seven -seven tournament in uh, April, and I got a chance to go to dinner with them and just talking to them about their experiences and laughing and how they saw things and how we saw things. I think was was fun. Yeah, it's it's so, it's really interesting. Now I see those guys; they look like they're grown men. They got families and everything, yeah. and I'm like, well, man, am I old? You know, that's my takeaway. No, it's true. It's it, you you get a chance in a in, as a coach in a locker room. You you take kids from different backgrounds, socioeconomic, race. Uh, viewpoints and you try to build them into a team is that fun for you to kind of meld that into a unit or it is yeah and I think watching it come together and seeing kids I think sometimes actually realize you had that belief in them that they may not have had that same belief in themselves um, but it's it's really cool to watch you know we have two young men here John Gaines is a great kid out of Milwaukee who's graduated in three years he'll have his master's degree in four and a half um, brilliant student brilliant player great human being um, Stefan Blaylock is a kid here from Compton that went to St. John Bosco. He's graduating. You know, to watch how those guys have matured just in their four and five years in, in our program, it, it's really cool. And it's, it's neat to see. The chess game during a, during a football game, I've had coaches say they can look across the field. They see a little chaos among the defensive coaching staff on the other side, and they know they've got, you know, they've got the other coaching staff uh, on the run a little bit. Mm -hmm. can, when do you know during a game when you've got something going? I think you can tell by watching the players on the field what their communications are like. You know, is it a seamless transition when you did something, what it, or did it bother them from a, um, how they handled that adjustment? And then you try to exploit that a little bit. And then, um, you know, you're always trying to watch their sideline in between series to see yeah. what, you know, is it. Is there a lot of conversations going on? Are there a lot of meetings going on on the other side? And our guys from the booth are the ones that are communicating that to you. But um, you can tell when, when, when the other teams rattle a little bit. Yeah, some coaches will make adjustments series to series, quarter to quarter, half to half, or maybe not adjust at all. Yeah. Like, uh, as you have evolved as a coach, are you getting better at adjusting series to series, play to play? What do you? Yeah, I mean, I think you adjust play to play. I think if you wait series to series, it may be too late. You know, you may end up with a three and out. You don't want a three and out. You know, you want to. You want to be able to, to keep drives on the extended and keep them on the field. So, you know, we're always trying to ex make adjustments within. And then when the series is over, have a conversation about, you know, what we did well um, and then what we need to correct. Leadership, uh, you know, we, we look to the conference for conference leadership, coaches for coaching leadership. You're looking for leadership on your team. Uh, can you identify leadership in a high school kid or do you need to see them in your program and let them grow? Because you're watching kids that are yeah. maturing. You yeah. know, no, it's a good point. I think you can identify it, um, but I also think if someone doesn't have it by the time they're leaving high school, that doesn't mean they're not going to have it. You know, they just haven't had a chance to develop that aspect of of it. Um, sometimes it's it's guys get thrown into it, you know, and they weren't ready for it, and then uh, it's kind of like throwing them in the deep end of the pool. You know, <laughs> they, it, most of them figure out a way how to survive. You know, they're not just going to sink to the bottom and say this is this isn't what I signed up for. Um, but I think you can identify it. But I also think that if it's not there early, that doesn't mean it's not going to be there later on. I think sometimes it just takes um, – sometimes it's events. You know, I've had kids that, you know, something happens at home or something happens to a friend that all of a sudden they get a little sense of, like, all right, like, I, I got to get a little bit more serious about what I got in front of me. You know what I mean? You mentioned playing golf. I'm having a hard time seeing you as, a, like, a competitive golfer. Is that just me? No, like, I'm are you good? I'm not. 
good, but I'm competitive as I'll get out. So you have fun. I just out don't there? play. I do have fun. I yeah. learned that from uh, the Oregon great um, Peter Jacobson. Yeah. We played one day before his tournament, and Nick Aliotti hit a bad shot, and we have not played golf since the following July, and this yeah. was like uh, March, and then uh, and Nick let out a bad word, which <laughs> I'm surprised. I know that would surprise people. Yeah. And then Jake looked at him and was like, Nick, you're not good enough to get mad. <laughs> Like, yeah. just let it go. Like, yeah. he goes, when was the last time you played golf? And Nick was like eight months ago. And he was like, then why are you mad? <laughs> why are you mad? second shot. And he was, but it's, I, I don't, I don't let it frustrate me, but I, we all try to get competitive when, no matter yeah. what we do. We just, we don't have an opportunity to play enough. So. I would not want to swing a club in front of Peter Jacobson. I loved it because Jake will help you. Yeah. And he's just such a, Jake's the, oh, he's the, best, phenomenal. the best people I've ever met in my life. Yeah. And he'll help you one way or another. And, and. Where you worry about with Jake is when he sees you swing and you just say, I got nothing, I can't help yeah. you. Then when you're, he says you can't help you, good. then you know you got a lot of issues. There's I can't been, fix that. There's been a couple of coaches that I've golfed with Jake and him, and Jake said, I got no, I have no suggestions for you. So. Chip Kelly, thank you. Thanks for stopping by. Appreciate Hi, you. Always. You've got John Canzano and the Bald Face Truth. Live from Los Angeles, site of Pac-12 Media Day. <laughs> B-F-F-T. Now, presented by High Caliber Millwrights, live from Los Angeles, site of Pac-12 Media Days, here's John Canzano with the bald-faced truth. Dan Lanning, Oregon football coach, stepping in. Uh, this interview is going to be different than any other interview that you do. Oh, I like that. Okay. I'm ready for something different. We're not. We're gonna. We're gonna change pace. You know, did you ever go into a practice and do that? Like, do you just shake up sort of oh, the yeah. rhythm of a practice? Yeah, for sure. You can't make it monotonous. So I'm. I'm excited to see the change up here. Yeah. But when you when you do that, is it because the guys will get used to a certain rhythm in the season, and That's you just right. want to shake them up mentally or psychologically or what? Yeah. Well, ultimately, I'll, I'll say this: you never want a game to be a surprise, right? So you have to create some unique situations. And as we all know in football, the game of football, there's some unique situations that'll that'll pop up. So we have to do a good job of changing the tempo of practice, changing the delivery, what the what the period might look like, what situation we're working, uh, and you don't want it to become, you know, just. Standard same old, same, same old, same old. Yeah. That's the same with an interview because I want to, I kind of want to get you going in a direction, but then I want to surprise you right. and get you out of the talking points. I like so, it. Uh, give me an idea. You went, you had some family time early July. Where'd you guys go? You know, we, uh, a couple different spots. Um, you know, we went back to Kansas City where I'm from with my wife. We did the little 4th of July there and shot some fireworks. And then uh, really early part of the July, we spent some time, you know, down around 30A. Uh, you know, between Panama City and, and uh, Destin. Love that. I love the beaches there. Yeah. I went to. I, I lived in Tallahassee for a while, and I used to go to a beach called Alligator Point. I'd be in the water, and I go, "Why am I in the water at Alligator Point?" Yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense. When, <laughs> no, it doesn't. No. Why do you like that area? You know, we, we uh, enjoyed it in our time when we were down there at, at Georgia, but honestly, it's just a getaway. Yeah. You know, I'm. I'll be. We just did a staff retreat this past week, and we did it in Bend. Okay. Next summer, you're going to find me on the West Coast. I'm going to yeah. be out here in Bend. I'm really excited. We went to the coast for the first time uh, and got to experience that. Newport. Um, yeah. I'm excited to keep going north. You know, yeah. I'm a Goonies fan. Yeah. i got to see a story at some yeah. point. I love that. So, um, yeah, I'm, ex I'm excited to explore the West a little bit more. I love that. Uh, I try to show my kids Goonies, and they, they, don't, they don't get they into it. it. They don't because they don't. Back to the Future, the special effects are not what they are today. How old are yours again? I got, I got one teenager and then the 8-year-old modestly interested, but I'm into, like, Teen Wolf and Back to the Future yeah. and Goonies, and they're like, eh. What's your favorite Back to the Future? 
I have to go original. The original. See, back I like to the three. Future. I like the western. Yeah. I do. You do? I mean, it's cool. Yeah. Um, you, yeah. Are you a movie buff? I like. I used to be. I would call myself a, a movie buff. Yeah. Um, I don't watch as many movies anymore. Okay. But I love. I mean, I love a good movie. What movie? Because the other day I was talking to one of our staff members, and they had not seen uh, Bull Durham, and they had not seen The Sandlot, and I was like, "You need to stop work right now and go watch those two movies." What movies do you think people have to watch? So I'm. You know, I'm. I'm I'll give you my top five. Is that okay. fair? Yeah. Because uh, I couldn't name one. I'm last the Mohicans. Okay. And that's, for me, that's because of the soundtrack, you know, makes the movie. It's beautiful. Terrain. That's Daniel Day-Lewis, yeah? Daniel Day-Lewis. Yeah. yeah, so that's that's uh, one of the top ones for me. The Departed, I'm a, I like mob movies. Okay. I think it's got an amazing cast. Mystic River. Yeah. If you've seen it or not. Yeah. You're starting to feel like, man, this guy's kind of dark. Yeah, I like just, it, though. It's my movie niche. Seven. Okay. Right? Yeah. And yeah. then, yeah, now you're worried <laughs> yeah. about it. But that's a great movie. It's surprising. Great drama. And then I'd say Road to Perdition. Yeah. Uh, those are that be my top five. I got your uh, I got your genre now, man. Yeah, I know. Now you probably don't want to hang out. With no, me, but, but we could get like Al Pacino or Scorsese directing. You're into that. Yeah, for sure. Do you, if you're gonna show a team movie, uh, have you shown team movies? Like, do you is that a? Thing? I haven't done that yet. No, I mean, do it'll, coaches it'll do that still. Point. Yeah, it'll certainly come up at some point yeah. during the season. Um, well, I, I take that back. We went to the new Batman together. Okay. Went and saw that as a team. Yeah. Um, it was pretty good. All right, so football is going to start. Your first-year coach, you know, everybody's going to ask you about kind of the tone of the season and what you want to establish. But you're going, you're going to Georgia. You know what that is. That's right. Right. I saw that point spread and I said, no, early season game. Dan Lanning knows some state secrets. Do will you will you use that with your guys? Because nobody believes in you. You're 18, 17, 18 points. Or is that enough? You know, no. ultimately for me, I've always been a proponent of the only opinions that matter are the ones inside the room mm-hmm. and inside of that locker room. So we, we can't let our highs get too high or our lows get too low. Uh, certainly, you don't want to be drinking from the Kool Aid when yeah. things are going really good, and you, and you don't want to uh, drink from the Kool Aid when it's not. So. Yeah. We're going to focus on us. You know, that's always kind of been my mantra that nobody in the stands, nobody that sets the spread, nobody in Vegas or anywhere in the nation is going to control that game more than us. Yeah. Right? We, we're the ones that are in charge there. Dan Landing with us, Oregon football coach. Those backyard barbecues, I saw Connect Four on the lawn. That's we right. have that same game. I can't beat my kids at it. But no. why, are, why are those backyard things, those team-building things important? You know, I just – ultimately, you know, one of our DNA traits of our program is connection. And – I don't think you can truly know a person if you don't spend time with them, quality time with them, yeah. outside of just football. And it's hard. There's not enough time in the day yeah. uh, for all the things you have to do. But it's truly a family experience for us. Um, I, I've certainly enjoyed you know, getting to, to be around our players in those environments. And you find out some stuff about your guys. Like Jay Butterfield is the best cornhole player I've ever seen. Really? It's impressive. Yeah. You know? We had a couple guys that are good. You know, Vaughn's a really good Connect Four guy, but my, you know, my middle son Niles <laughs> yeah. can get him every hey, once in a while. Your kids, uh, it's it's been fun. I, like I saw the picture of them getting off the plane with your wife, and yeah. you guys are arriving, and I immediately, you know, my wife's tuned into that. She's like, "Oh, look at the kids! Look at the ages they are." Your kids are all different, huh? Super different. Yeah, super different. So much fun. You know, they uh, they all have their own interests. Um, Tell, like, tell us kids. about Niles. Like, what's Niles like? So Niles is like a creative kid. That's yeah. my that's my middle son. Um, he'll create a board game. He's uh, strategic. Yeah. You know, I think we had some players over uh, at our house, and he was drawing up loans for him. He said, "Do you want a loan?" And then and then he'd say, "Wait, now you have to pay interest back the yeah. next day. You have to pay me a dollar interest. Okay. And then three days, I'll own your house. Yeah. You know, he's just yeah. super creative and um, 
rat, great personality, so fun. What about the others? So Caden's in the band. He okay. plays the clarinet. Uh, would love to be a movie director. Um, it's a kind, warm-hearted kid. Yeah. Um, and just a wonderful, wonderful son. And then Titan is young Dan Lanning. He, yeah. uh, he's got juice. He runs all over the place. He annoys his older brothers, uh, but he's on their hip. And uh, he's a lot of fun. He's a he's a sports guy, so it's been fun. All right, I got three daughters, and yeah. the youngest is a killer, like yeah. competitive. Right. And I, there's something to birth order, I think. And Ooh. I've talked to basketball coaches about it, and like Kelly Graves, your yeah. basketball coach, he he says, uh, you know, you got a uh, you got a younger kid that's a rebounder, like because of the competitive. Do you think there's something to birth order? Absolutely. And there's nature, nurture, all those yeah. things. But it's funny, you you feel like you raise three kids the same. And they can turn out completely different. Same I'll say DNA, this. same parents. Yeah. yeah. My wife always says Caden's the rule follower, um, and then you have the rule breaker. That'd be Niles, and then you got number three Titan. That's the rules don't apply. <laughs> right? I love that. That's kind of that's about right for us. How did you get the name Titan? Um, gosh, I don't know. I just really liked it. You know, we've we've kind of got some creative names, and uh, yeah, just I think I heard it early on and thought that was really cool. We did the same thing because you know when you're John, and my wife's Anna. Yeah. You go, you know, like, how many times I've been in Starbucks and they're like, John, and like four of us turn around. You're a Dan. <laughs> That's right. You know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. Were you Dan L. in elementary school? I, I was I was Daniel. Yeah. <laughs> and to my mom, I'm still Daniel. Okay. You know, and my wife, I'm still Daniel. But now, you know, Okay. I don't want you to talk to your mom or dad about this. Okay. okay. Promise me. Deal. Okay. So I recently wrote about you uh -oh. and both of your parents reached out to me. And they're insanely proud of you. Yeah. And that's got to – you're glowing right now. Like, oh, yeah. That's, I mean, that's, that's got to mean a lot to you. That's what any son wants is to make their parents proud, you know. And uh, I've got the most phenomenal parents. I'm excited that uh, they get to be a part of this journey for them. That's got to be fun for them because I, I always go – like, if I go to a football game, I'll see the parents who are flying out to the game. Right. And I'll go, oh, that must be really fun to watch their kid play. But your parents are watching you. They've watched you evolve as a coach and a right. person, and now you're running this big program. That's got to be surreal for them. Yeah, it certainly is fun. Yeah, it certainly is fun. You know, you don't have to go to them too much. They'll, they brag on They like I'm, me better don't than worry. anybody else. I've done this. I made this mistake before. I think I, like I, I, I talked to Chip Kelly's dad once, and then he called him, don't talk to him anymore. You know, But I think it's charming. I think it makes you right. a real person, right? Yeah. And those are your parents. So, all right, give me an idea. Um, identity on the defensive side of the ball. Forget wins and losses. What do you want people to say about your team after a game? You know, we have a couple traits that we really hammer home. And, uh, you know, one of those is relentless effort, right? A plus B, six seconds, like we're moving, yeah. you know, with a purpose. Um, and, you know, I think the other one that really sticks out to us is, is power of unit. When we play, we play as a team. You know, um, we, we want to, you know, prevent explosive plays, but we want to be ready to play the next play, yeah. right? Plays are going to happen. Um, but the way we play as a unit think it's really important that brand of football and then the, the effort that we exude on the field I think is really important. What will we be talking about a year from now? Everybody's talking about this realignment expansion stuff. Let's let's predict. Let's go back to the future style. Right, Dan Lanning, one back. year from now, we're going to have the same interview. I'm going to play back what you say. What will we be talking about? Oh, man, what will be the big is, story? That is uh, – that is tough. Yeah. Yeah. That's my job. I, yeah. That's a good, but that's Rattling a good question. You, up, yeah. you know, I, I really don't know. I think uh, I'll probably be sitting here saying, hey, that was 2022. Yeah. We're worried about 2023 now, given the coach speak. Um, and you'll, you'll be relaying back. Maybe we'll be talking about that spread of that Georgia game. You know? Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm excited to see the future, but right now, at least for me, I'm trying to live in the moment. I'm trying to focus on today. And yeah. 24 hour wins, you know, that's what we're focused on. 
but yeah, it'll be fun to replay it and see where we're at. What do right. you, what's, what's your prediction? Um, gosh, I think we'll be talking about how, how the Pac-12 wants to do it a little different than others. Yeah. Like, you know, the, what's going Innovation. on in the SEC and the Big Ten feels a little bit too much like pro football. And David Shaw said this earlier. He thinks there will be a correction back right. eventually in the next decade. He says, let's talk a decade from now. Right. He thinks, I think it comes back to geography because you had – the teams in the South, the teams in the East, the teams in the Midwest, the teams in the West. Yeah. Uh, you, I think when you start messing with geography, you're fighting the forces of nature. There's certainly some pieces of that that I don't know if everyone thought through, and uh, it'll be interesting to see where it goes. Yeah. Um, yeah, sports forever changing right now. All right. Hey, I appreciate your time. John, Is this you, interview man. different? Was it different Way than the different. other? Thank okay. you. Appreciate I appreciate that. that. Thanks, Coach. Absolutely. <laughs> Back to the bald-faced truth with John Canzano, live from Pac-12 Media Day in Los Angeles on 750 The Game. Here with Coach Lincoln Riley, USC coach, first-year coach. Uh, Welcome, first of all, first Pac-12 Media Day. How we doing? How's the media and the Pac-12 footprint doing? They're good. Everybody's been good. A lot of not short on topics, are we? No. I'm not, I don't want to talk about the stuff everybody's talking about, though. I want to Amen. get into other stuff. Amen. How weird is it to have, like, when you buy a house out there and everybody sees it and, you know, all that extra stuff that's around the life of Lincoln Riley? <laughs> part, is it surreal? Yeah, <laughs> a little bit. I mean, just just – part of the gig you kind of become used to it you know it's uh what we do is very public and you understand that that's going to bleed over at times and but honestly that's been one of the things we've most enjoyed out here is a little bit of the anonymity out here you know you can just you know there's a lot going on you know there's there's you know a lot of places to kind of get away and enjoy with your family and and some of the downtime out here has been fantastic the you know there's a lot all the preseason hype is surrounded around you guys and you know it's it's exciting for the conference it's good for media day but how do you as a coach how do you keep your guys sharp when people are handing you the trophy before the season (laughs) well i think they picked us third so they're not handing it to us yet (laughs) um but no it's Listen, you understand that's part of what comes comes with it here. This is USC. There's a lot of attention, and 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 I think rightfully so. I, I we've made it very clear to our guys that we're not going to win a championship in recruiting. We're not going to win a championship in the transfer portal. Those are all pieces. The job is the culture we build, the way that we play the game week in and week out. And uh, so we're we're pushing hard for that. Really trying to teach these guys what it feels like. And the great thing is we got a staff full of guys that have been there. You know, we. we you know, being there and doing it are two different things, but everybody on our staff is one and knows what that feels like and knows what that looks like, and that really helps getting it over to the players. What's the most fun part of coaching for you? What, what, when are you uh, – when's the joy? Where's the joy in it? Uh, the, the, the practice field, the meeting room. Um, it's kind of the behind the scenes, getting to know the guys, the just the – just all those moments, all, honestly, like when the cameras aren't there. Like, I love game day. I mean, I love game day. Um, and probably the behind-the-scenes stuff, the relationships, and then road games. Those are my favorites. There are a lot of victories coaches will have. And, you know, often we talk about wins and losses. But those victories happen in the locker room with yes. kids, some kids that we never really get to see star, be a star player. But that's a, that's a win for you. Yes. Who's who's popping into your mind right now in your career when I say that? Like victories that were not on-field victories for Lincoln Riley. Is there a kid or two where you go, you know, I made a difference in that kid's life or that 
you know, that kid believed in himself at the end. Yeah, you know, immediately I go back to um, I go back to walk-ons because that's how I got my college career started. And uh, so I've always had a, you know, a special place in my heart. And, uh, you know, I think it, some of the guys that – one of the first ones that comes to mind is, is Lee Morris, um, the receiver we had at Oklahoma. He came out of the same high school as Kyler Murray but didn't get recruited and, you know, left uh, – you know, left uh, – you know, had a decorated career there. Ended up getting a phenomenal job out of it. Bounced around the NFL. I mean, has done. It's just it's made a huge difference in his life. And I think just giving guys that opportunity and just letting them know you believe in them. You know, maybe when they weren't recruited or not this or not that, and they think, well, nobody thinks I'm, I can do it. And I, a lot of times, all anybody needs is just someone to believe in them and give them a chance. Uh, kids are, I think, attention, getting their attention, keeping their attention is one of the challenges. It, can you help parents out there? You got like 80 of those. You know, I got a teenager. I have three daughters. Yep. Give us some. Uh, how do you get, how do you get their attention and keep it? I think you got to be creative. I, I think first is you've got to be able to communicate with them. You know, you've got to you've got to understand them as much as you possibly can. And then I think you've got to change up your approach. You know, you've got to keep things interesting, keep things fun. Um, and uh, it, it is a challenge, so especially when you're the person that's that's constantly at the front of the room, because if it doesn't matter how good your message is. If nobody's if nobody's taking it in, then there will be no impact. And uh, so that's something that, that we study and something that we really try to do is, is spend time and get to know our guys. USC coach Lincoln Riley is our guest. Uh, you get a kid like Travis Dye in your offense. What will he look like? What do you What do you need out of him? Uh, you know, a lot, a lot out of that whole position room. It's a, uh, it's. You look back at our history. Our most productive years have been when that room was very, very explosive. And uh, Travis is obviously a proven player, proven player in this league. We think he has a skill set that fits us very well. And, uh, you know, we, we're going to need him to have an impact in all three phases, blocking, running, and, and catching the ball. Influences on your life. Coaching influence, let's start there. Uh, whose fingerprints are on Lincoln Riley's uh, coaching? Uh, a lot. Uh, you know, I'd first say my, my head coach in high school, David Wood. I had such a phenomenal um, and we really had a great staff there. My high school staff was amazing. But I had such a great experience there. It made me want to continue to be a part of this game. Uh, all the head coaches I've worked for, you know, Mike Lee, Truffle McNeil, Bob Stoops, have all impacted me in different ways. And then and then several of the guys that I still work with now, um, you know, Dennis Simmons, um, Benny Wiley, some of those guys that I've been with for a long time, you know, they continue to push and inspire me. So I've been, I've been pretty lucky. How about as a person for you away from football? Let's let's go there. Like. Yeah, my dad for sure. Um, my dad and my both both my parents. I had great parents um, that that gave me the opportunity to do things and pursue things I wanted. But they held me accountable and pushed me and taught me values at a young age. And I'm very appreciative. So I've had a lot of others that have been great influences, but my parents are the ones that got it started. Do you find yourself sounding like your dad with your old your own kids? At times, yeah. I, I kind of <laughs> I have the moment of, okay, that's why my dad was telling me that. Yeah, it's it, it goes full circle. Amazing how wise your parents become as you age. Yes, they do, and he and he reminds me of that daily. Yeah. Yeah. What are your kids' ages? What are we talking about? Uh, nine and five, right? Okay. Now. Yeah. Well, you're busy. We are. That's a fun age, though. Great age. Yeah. It was a great age. They're uh, they're a lot of fun. Is the uh, is the younger one a competitor? More of a competitor? She is. Yeah. She is. There's something about the youngest. Always. I don't know what that is. Do you notice that in your recruits? Do you find that? At times, yeah. At yeah. times. The, the dynamics are all different. But, yeah, I, I think the youngest ones more consistently are they've had to watch that old one, and, and they kind of have a little different fire sometimes. Yeah, yeah. So you coach with Leach. I've had him on the show a ton. Yeah. And I enjoy talking to him. Uh, what did you learn from him? 
Oh, a lot of things that are not relevant to anything. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, joking aside, honestly, in the game, I learned, like, don't be afraid to think outside the box. You know, don't be afraid to do things different than everybody else's if you feel like it's right. And uh, now Mike lives outside the box. I try to just think outside of it occasionally. Uh, but he's, uh, he's quite the character, as we all know. You're you're in uh, you're about to start some practices and then of course will lead to a game. You know what do you need to get done right away in practice? Uh, just continue to come together, continue to build on the foundation that we've set forth here in the last seven or eight months. Uh, the, this practice period is a very very important time for all teams, especially uh, a team with as much change and new uh, that we have. Uh, but I like our group. Our group has had a great summer, and they're ready to play. There's going to be a lot made of you guys leaving for the Big Ten in a couple of years. It's uh, no, no player or coach played a role in that, and no. yet you're going to go into some stadiums and people are going to blame you for it. What do you tell your kids? Oh, they're going to hate. They're, they're going to hate us anyway. I mean, like that's that's what the road should be. They should be on you. So I'd be I'd be disappointed if that made it any worse. I mean, I, I think that's that's one of the fun things about going on the road is you're you're the villain. You're the enemy. You have to embrace it. Caleb Williams at quarterback. We're going to see him in the conference. What are we going to see? Hopefully a lot of touchdowns. You know, hopefully a guy leading the squad. Um, very talented player that I think is improving rapidly. And uh, so. And, and got a lot of great experience being in all those different situations that he was in last year. So he's, he's grown a lot. And he's leading our team, and I expect him to play at a high level. Yeah, and it's interesting. There's I think there's seven transfer quarterbacks that will start this season. Yep. Is, is this just how it's going to be from now on? Are we going to see transfer QBs? I think the QB world is different than any other position, and I have a hard time believing it's, that it's going to change. I do. It's uh, When you primarily have just one guy that plays, it just creates some interesting dynamics. and. A lot of times where a school like USC, you might add three or four of them stacked up that can play anywhere. Well, now they're going to go play other places. So you've got to – how do you – okay, so you got to simultaneously try to give the underclassmen some hope, but also you got to keep your eye open in case they jump. You need to, you need to fill in. You've you got to be ready. Yeah things, yeah, things happen. There's a lot of quick changes, and you got to you got to kind of know what your moves are ahead of time. And, and then I think it helps us that we've established a culture that even if a guy's got to – I mean, look at like Kyler Murray. You know, he comes with us, he sits for two years, and he's number one overall pick and wins a Heisman. I mean, so we've got some proof of concept uh, for us that I think gives us maybe a little bit of an advantage. I saw that contract thing. That jumped out to me where he's got to spend four hours a week. What, what do you make of that? Like, A guy eats, breathes, and sleeps football. So I, my concern with him when I coached him was more him overdoing it than underdoing it. I was always yeah. making sure that he didn't overdo it because he – He's an extreme competitor. So I saw they wiped it out, which was a yeah. pretty good move. Yeah, they never should have done it in the first place because no. there's no winning there. Like, even if you put that out publicly, now everybody's going, oh, the guy doesn't do his work. And I just don't understand. Yeah, the, the, the context was not really given. And, uh, yeah, I, hopefully everybody can move on because with that guy, it's a non-issue. Is it fun for you to watch those guys go uh -huh. to the next level? And, Amazing. Yeah. I mean, especially, you know, some of the guys like that that were not ideal size, not prototypical, you know, and, and – yeah, just to see, see them living out their dreams, you know, and, and have a chance to do what they dreamed of doing. And, and you know, it, it's uh, I still talk to them all the time and, and just I'm, I'm certainly their biggest fan. Lincoln Riley, thank you for spending some time with us. You got it. Appreciate it. you. Uh-huh. Thank you. This is the BFT with John Canzano, live from Pac-12 Media Day in L.A.
Pac-12 Media Day. I've got USC quarterback Caleb Williams who has stepped into our makeshift studio. What do you think of our studio, first of all? Look at this. Luxurious. Luxurious. Lounge-like. Sure. Yeah, it's Come on. Really, really smooth. I could, I've been in worse places than this. <laughs> I can tell you. How are you doing with all this? I'm good. It's been, it's been, it's been really cool. Uh, first one. Yeah. Uh, first media day for me, but it's been really cool. Did you not do a media day anywhere else, like at another conference, or this is just you've never done a media I've day? I've never done a media day. Give me an idea. You know, everybody's trying to improve. Yep. Football players, people, every day, everybody's trying to improve. What is Caleb Williams working on football-wise? Let's start there. Yep, football-wise. Okay. Uh, this time, or this, this year so far, I've been working on diving deeper into the playbooks, or to the playbook. Um one with checks, uh, trying to be uh, Coach Riley, um, part two on the field, um, trying to get into his head. I always, I, I, I'm asking questions now that I wasn't asking last year. Um, I, I realize more that I don't know anything, hmm. um, and that's made me even more hungry um, because for me, I want to be the best, um, and I want to be the best quarterback on the team. Um, or I want to be best quarterback on the field. Um, and so that's what I've been working towards, trying to find different ways, different small things that can make myself better so that I can be better for this team. So when it's on game day, um, you know, we're, we're, we're going down the field. We're marching down the field and we're, we're scoring, uh, being consistent. Um, that's one thing that I've worked on uh, football-wise. Um, and I've also worked on, you know, not making, not making, not trying to make always the big play. Um, that's uh, that's always hard as a as a competitor and as a as a playmaker. It's just like knowing when to not, uh, you know, try and make a big play and just take the check down or anything like that, or 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 when you can take the big play and go score um, or take that shot. Uh, that's that's been one of the, a couple of biggest things. Brandon Roy was a basketball player, played for the Blazers years ago, and he had a little sticky note in his locker and it said, "Stay humble." Yep. Wh who's given you that message? Uh, I've been given that message a lot um, throughout the years, um, and the way that I was raised um, is is that way. Uh, my my mom, my dad, my mentors—they've been they've been also ever since awesome since ever since I was younger. Um, they've been leading the way for me, um, and they I've grown up, um, and I've I've recently been leading the way for myself. Just staying humble, um, always having a smile on your face, always be nice. You don't I mean nobody's below you. Um, and that's, that's, that's how I do it with football. I learn everybody's name. Nobody gets disrespected by me calling you by something that you're not, unless I give you a nickname. Um, but other than that, um, you know, just learn everybody's name, being respectful. That's your name. Uh, that's how I did it when I first got to Oklahoma, and that's how I did it when I first got here is learn everybody's name. Um, that's, your mom, that's your name that your mom or your father gave you. Um, and like I said, that's your name. So I don't want to disrespect you. You're my brother. Um, and I, I want I want to talk to you like my brother. I want to communicate. I want to call you by your name, anything like that. Caleb Williams with us, USC's quarterback. You, we see your successes, and what we don't see is maybe when you were a kid you had some failures. You yep. learned from it. Yep. Well, give me some of those failures that you learned from when you were younger. Uh, a failure uh, we lost. It was actually FBU, and this is actually when I switched to playing quarterback because I didn't play quarterback my whole life. Um, I switched to playing quarterback um, seventh grade. Um, I, I was playing in the FBU, and we lost uh, to Georgia. Um, Harrison Bailey was actually the quarterback that year. Um, and so um, we lost to them 
And after we lost to them, it, it really hurt me. Um, and um, I wanted to I wanted to switch the quarterback. I did. I, you know, my dad made sure um, that everything else was taken care of um, when I told him that um, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. And so I I would start working out at 5 a.m. in the morning uh, before school uh, when I was 10, 11, 12, and 13. Um, we called it Breakfast Club, um, and we work out at 5:30 a.m. Um, and then I go to school after school, uh, and I work out again at 6:30. Um, to like 8, 8.30. Um, and it was it was a rough time, uh, but it, I knew it was worth it. Um, and and still chugging along with this, this thing that I love. We're talking to Caleb Williams, USC's quarterback. There, There's a, a lot of noise, a lot of distractions. Some of it is new to college football. How do you stay focused and how do you shut that noise down effectively? Yep. Um, I have a great support system uh with my my uh parents and my mentors uh i also uh the coaching staff and all 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 the media people that help me out and all all of that they're all very helpful to me so um you know it, it they honestly make it easy on me um you know my support system from the nil side they they choose like they pick and choose like okay would this be good for him with like in in for him uh, for the media team with interviews and things like that, they're always like, would this be good for them? And um, they're just very helpful in those ways that I don't have to, you know, deal with that. I can focus on ball uh, 95% of the time. I can just focus on ball. The 5% is just the, the small NIL things or the, the small interviews that I have to do. Um, and so it's it's awesome, um, you know, having people around me that are, are so supportive and so, so helpful. We're talking to Caleb Williams, USC's quarterback. Before I cut you loose, um, you know, give me an idea, football-wise, what we should expect from this offense this season. What are your expectations? Yep. Uh, like I said, I don't want to put any expectations on this team um, or the offense because sky's the limit. But um, as a fierce competitor, and we have a lot of those on this team, um, we want to win every game. No, no fierce competitor will want to lose. Um, um, and so just trying to control the controllables, um, focus on winning the moment. Um, and right now the moment is fall camp, and that's a stepping stone to the first game of the season because we can't focus on game 12. We haven't even made it to the first. Hey, I appreciate you stopping by. Yep, thank Thanks you. for spending time here. Thank you Wish you the best. Thank you. Caleb Williams, USC quarterback. You've got John Canzano and the bald-faced truth. Live from Los Angeles, site of Pac-12 Media Day on 750 The Game. Pac-12 Media Day. Uh, I am here with Jonathan Smith, the Oregon State football coach, who uh, you did a bunch of interviews already this morning, correct? Yep. Oh, they are, they're all starting to sound the same? Beginning too, yeah. Mostly uh, the morning, a little repetitive, and now we begin the afternoon and all that. But. My big goal is I, I pride myself on the interviews on the show being different, okay? okay. Yeah. So when you go and recruit, you probably run into the same thing. The kids are hearing the same crap from everybody. How do you... How do you give them a different message? Yeah, we try to be, talk about the uniqueness of, you know, college life in Corvallis and the uh, uniqueness of playing at Oregon State and the, the continuity and the, the possibility of chasing this dream down in the National Football League, uh, the people we got around there. And and then you try to get to know them on a different level outside of just the recruiting spell of, uh, 
you know, what they're about, how they were brought up, parents, families, talk about my own, you know, that kind of thing. You grew up a USC fan. I did. You know, I'm, you know where I'm going with this. I want to know how you feel about I'm – I'm such a – tradition person yeah it bogs bothers me from that standpoint yeah I'm, a, I'm right there with you personally you know i grew up going to sc games going to ucla games i like the tradition of the pac-12 had, had become the you know natural rivalries the west coast the whole thing so yeah i was disappointed to to see that decision those guys taking off um at the same time i'm i'm confident optimistic that the history and tradition of the conference itself on the west coast uh, has a great chance to be able to be sustained. David Shaw told me he thought 10 years from now, I asked him, what are we going to be talking about a decade from now? He he thinks that it will correct itself. He thinks geography will win in the end. And he, you know, he says, look, it's the Southeastern Conference for a reason. It's the Big East for a reason. It's the Big Ten for a reason. He said the Pac-12 is Pacific Coast. It's, yeah. He believes that that will correct itself, but... I'd like to think that. That'd be yeah. great. Because it's not just football. I know football is a huge factor. But I do think, like, I enjoy going to Oregon State baseball games. I went to, like, 14 of them uh, this year. And I think about travel for these other sports, going yeah. across the country, just things of that nature. And so that would be beautiful in the next 10 years. It, it corrects itself. I was looking at your, your uh, non-conference schedule. There's some challenges there. Bulldog Stadium in uh, the second week is a tough place to play. No question. Boise State, they're, they're always dangerous. But I, I think 3-0 is on the table for Oregon State. Like, that's something we can talk about. And that's the first time in your tenure, I think, we've been able to say, hey, 3-0 might be out there. Yeah, I'll talk about it when we get there. <laughs> uh, because I will tell like you said, Boise, I got great respect. I've coached there for two years. That place has done a great job over the last decade and more. Um, and so that's not a gimme in any way. Going down to Fresno. Um, they'll be amped up. They got a great roster coming back. I know that coach really well, Coach Tedford. Jake Hayner is a kid I recruited when I was at UW, and now he's finishing his last year. He's a great player, and so that'll be a challenge on the road. And shoot, then playing in Portland, but Montana State, they're a game away from being the national championship one double A. So we, we got our work cut out for us. You guys uh, went from talking about uh, you know process to. Let's be competitive to let's win games and make a bowl game. What's the next progression? Yeah, I think we want to win the championship. I mean, we want to go to Vegas and, and, and be in the Pac-12 championship game. Each year's new. We've made some real progress. Uh, we feel, you know, we feel good about the progress made. But we've got a lot left. And each week, you got to play well to be able to win games. What I'm confident in saying is that each time we line up, we feel confident. If we play well, we can win. And we can win 12, 12 games or whatever it will take to get there. Um, but again, what we, the progress we've made, it really means a, well, nothing for uh, this coming season until you start playing. Yeah, it means nothing, but you got to feel good about it, right? Like you got interest. Season, look at the season ticket sales. Yeah. With even with a half a stadium, I think those tickets are going to be hard to come by. Yeah, there's momentum. There's no question. Season tickets as high as it's been in a long time. That stadium, you know, even coming to the games, I know are it'd be under construction. You can see the progress and the momentum of you know, a belief in what we're doing. And we have. We've, we've improved. The program's in a way better place than it was when we, we first got started. Um, with all of that same, we know we got a lot of work to get it to the place we want to be where we're going to Las Vegas for the championship. Jonathan Smith with us, Oregon State football coach.
quarterback, Chance Nolan, Tristan Jebbia. Are we ready to talk about that, or you want to see more in oh, fall camp? What, what I like talking about is I think we got a multiple guys that can help us score a bunch of points and win games. Chance has, you know, he had, did some really good things last year, some things he's got to be better at, consistency and things. Tristan was playing his best football before he took a, a serious injury, and it's a long time coming back. Both of those guys healthy, uh, compete during August. Uh, ben Goldbertson is a freshman we've had that he took another injury last year that held him back. I think he's got a chance to be a really good player. And so I'm trying to see it on the positive light of that we've got multiple guys that we can score points with. I was in downtown Corvallis. I was at some sushi restaurant not too long ago, and a couple of your guys came in. Okay. And it was Jebbia, and, and he had a couple of big, giant guys with him. And I went, oh, there's football players. Uh, the size that you're getting, the guys when they walk in the room, different bodies now. Yeah, we're definitely longer bigger stronger i think we're more athletic than we've been the last few years i feel good about this roster that we got coming this fall doesn't guarantee us we're going to win way more games and things but as i feel as the depth size strength length that we have coming into this fall is better than we've ever had the uh the movies that you like to see what are some rite of passage movies uh, like dan lanning was talking he, he's like the road to perdition. He's a little dark on his movie choices. choices. What are we What are we watching in the Smith household? Oh gosh! Well, when the kids go to bed, <laughs> I'm a huge fan of The Godfather. All of them. I've watched it a bunch. They've repeatedly gone through it. I watch Lincoln a ton. Okay. I repeatedly watching Lincoln. It's a little bit older, and uh, you know, I just uh, history, uh, some of the you know mafia tradition, East Coast. I enjoyed some of that. Um, are you a history guy in general? You like? I graduated. Yeah, yeah. So U.S. I, history more. But. Yeah, but I think that's. I think that major. If I could go back, that I would do that. I did English because okay. history. I mean, you. It's so broad based. It is, and you, you can relearn and give you a perspective to what we're currently going through, and have some background information of why we're in the place we're in, currently, and then you know there's been some big time people and stories in this country, in particular that. Uh, you know, you try to recreate and implement um, as you live in life now. Did you get to see family while you're here? You got a bunch of family in the I had area. It. I talked to my brother yesterday. He was doing some different stuff. I didn't connect with him last night or anything. It's fun. Come down here. It, you know, it's definitely business and work, but yeah. there's a lot of good people. I mean, we we're talking about football. Spent the night last night with some of the coaches, and then and doing this car wash today. What's this car wash? I haven't heard about this. What's well, going on? car, so you go one stop. Oh, car wash. Night. I was like, there's a car wash no, as yeah. part of media day? I describe <laughs> in these, these uh, I like that. interviews and whatnot. You're, it's good. I mean, you're talking football. It's an exciting yeah. time. Uh, I, I describe it this way. It's like there's so much to talk about, right, yeah. in college football and realignment and transfer portal and name image and, like, all this stuff, which is important topics. But I'm just excited. We practice on Wednesday. Why I got into this business is to have a roster, plan out practice, dive into these players the next month, and then get to, to play a season. All right. We're going to catch up with you later uh, in the season. Love to have you on every week as we have. And, yeah. and uh, you'd stay tuned. I think you guys are going to have a big year. I think, you know, I'm not just saying that because you're sitting here. If you're going to be garbage, I would tell you. Like, we'd be talking about, <laughs> hey, can you be competitive in yeah, games? Yeah, yeah. We're not talking about that. I think we're talking about, like, what can you guys do now? What's the ceiling, you know? Yeah. I think the, the ceiling is winning every game, every time we line up. And I know that's optimistic in these things, but – where this roster has gone and the belief that we have. we got to play well. This yeah. league's competitive, but I'm hoping for the same thing, a really big right. year. That first year, it wasn't that competitive. No. And that must have been hard. And I, I just think sometimes we don't often enough go, hey, you know what, you're doing a good job. Like we're always looking for, you know, fourth and one, why didn't you punt it? You know, yeah. so I think you deserve some credit. 
and take it and then, you know, get about business. Yeah, exactly. Again, you got to learn from your past and you look back and there's some positives thing and some of the positive looking back on how hard that was. Yeah. You know, there's some heavy lifting year one and year two, but sticking to our process. That's why I appreciate the people we got around our staff, these players. We've got a bunch of guys been here three, four years now, been through a lot. We're looking for something really special this fall. Jonathan Smith, thank you. Yeah, great stuff. It. This is the BFT with John Canzano, live from Pac-12 Media Day in L.A. on 750 The Game. Jake Dicker here, Washington State head coach. How you doing, man? Oh, it's good. It's uh, my first Pac-12 media day. Oh, wow. You know, we're excited. Uh, the sights and the sounds, and it just means college football is right around the corner. So it's an exciting time of the year. The, you're going through, uh, I think Jonathan Smith called it a car wash, where you're going station to station here. Uh, but uh, everybody wants to talk about what? NIL, transfer portal, and expansion. We're not going to talk about any of that. No, I appreciate that. I want to talk about Cameron Ward. Yeah. I, I want to know how good he's going to be. Well, I think the biggest thing is the sky's the limit. You know, and he still hasn't hit his ceiling. You know, and I, I tell people all the time that when he was at UIW, it felt like everything came easy. Yeah. You know, there'll be moments and times as we go throughout the course of this season where it won't be easy. You know, but I'm excited that he has room to develop and grow. And I grew up on Brett Favre. Yeah. Okay? okay. So that is what he reminds me of. He's got that gunslinger mentality. I can make the play. The play's never over. That Patrick Mahomes, you're going to take some of the good with the bad. I like that. Uh, but he's got the character piece, too. You Did know, and he works his tail off to be great. I thought, you know, you guys, I thought last year you were, you competed for the North Division yeah. Championship. And I expected you to be a little higher on the media poll this year. I think you guys could be a, a, a sleeper. Uh, I also noticed that you didn't have all a bunch of players on the first team offense. And I think... I said with the air raid and Cam Ward, I said I would be surprised at the end of the year if Washington State wasn't well, well represented on offense. Do you notice those things? It, it kind of seems that's the, you know, for some reason in these preseason polls, with, let, let's be honest, mean nothing. Yeah, right? the media doesn't know what they're talking yeah, about. I, no, I won't go that far. <laughs> but at the end of the day, I think we're going to surprise people. I think we got a bunch of weapons around Cam and weapons that he's never had either in his career. Yeah. People forget about Renard Bell. You know, he's going on his seventh year. He's been at our place for a long time. He's familiar with the air raid, raid offense. And Dejan Stribling and Donovan Ali and some of these guys are just ready to take that next step that have been waiting. And I'm, I'm with you. I'm just excited how Coach Morris is going to use these guys in very multiple ways. The, uh, the questions that you have, what's keeping you up right now? Or what, you know, coaches always have something they're fixated on. Is it offensive line? What is it? I think our couple big positions that we'll sort out in camp and I'm not going to say keep me up at yeah. night but as long as we can stay healthy on the offensive line it'll be a big thing you know some from last year's group I mean Abe Lucas and Liam Ryans those guys have anchored you know those tackle positions for a right. long time for us so we've moved Jared Kingston out we've moved Make out from guard to tackle and you know, we got to step up, but we got to play five as one, especially while learning a new scheme. So that'll be the crux of our offense and our offensive success. Uh, and then the free safety position will be one that we got to really solidify in camp. I think we got a bunch of guys that really want to compete there, but we got to we got to firm up that position. How is a offensive lineman in that air raid system different than maybe a guy that played last year for you? What are you looking for that's different? 
Well, I think the biggest thing is we are the coup grade. Okay. okay. So the air raid. Grade. So we're, we're going to run the ball now, John. Okay. Uh, this isn't just going to be. If I run the ball, you're going to be handing it off. We're going to be handing okay. it off. Right. There will be some a lot of RPOs in there, and Cam will make a lot of the decisions. Um, but it isn't just that drop back pass game and, and limited run. You know, I think you're going to see a, a diverse run game. You know, Clay McGuire, I think, is one of the best offensive line coaches in the country, and he's done it at our place before. You know, so. I think that's what you're going to see a little bit more of is just being multiple. We're adding a tight end again. And, you know, so that allows you to do a lot of different things in the run game. Now, when offensive coaches always talk about quarterbacks, defensive coaches want pass rushers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jake Dickert, like, you could have a five-star player at any position. What position is top of the list? Defensive tackle. Yeah. And that, that's been – since when I learned this defense at North Dakota State, that is the premier position of what we do, you know, and I'm a big line of scrimmage guy. Put your hand in the dirt and let's play some rough football. So always the disruptor on the interior defensive line is where I start number one, and that's my slant to defense as well. Yeah, I, I, I think this conference is in some ways it's up for grabs. There's some changes, you know, you got some new coaches, yeah. but you're not really a new coach. Like, you know, you've, you're, you're, it's not like you've been here 10 years, but it's – it, you've got something to build on. Yeah. That continuity, what is that worth to you to have, you know? Well, I think it's really worthwhile to our team. You know, they look at and they see a familiar face, and our program needs stability, John, more than ever. You know, and it's been a crazy three years. So to have a, to able for them to have somebody that they can look at and feel comfortable with, and I tell them each and every day I'm not the head coach of defense. Yeah. I'm the head coach the team yeah. you know so that stability I, I think is important and surrounding them with a coaching staff that that wants to be a part of us for a long time the all the stuff that i mentioned earlier that we're not going to talk about like let's fast forward a year from now make a prediction what, what what are we talking about media day 2023 i think we're talking about how the pac-12 is still a premier conference in this country and uh you know i think our our leadership is right on board you know i think george has done an amazing job of keeping everybody together and having a vision, right? Solution-based leadership wins in this world, right? So I think we're talking about an exciting new era, new rivalries, new places to play, uh, and just, uh, you know, kind of a new era of the Pac-12 conference, and I think it'll be exciting for everybody. The, uh, the, some of the coaches have given me their favorite movies. Do you, have a, do you have a movie in the Dickert household that, you know, my kids won't watch Back to the Future and all that stuff I grew up on, but what about your household? What are you guys well, watching? My favorite movie, personally, is Shawshank Redemption. Yes. I mean, it's a classic. I can watch it on TNT every time it comes on. My wife's like, we just saw this last week. Yeah. You know, and then I'm a slapstick comedy guy, so yeah. Dumb and Dumber, like, resonates with me in my childhood. So Get busy living or get busy dying. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's it. Hey, thanks for stopping by. Appreciate you. Good luck the rest of the way, and uh, I'll catch up with you during the season. That sounds good. All right. Thank Jake Dickert, thank you. Fantastic interview with Jake Dickert, the Washington State coach. We'll get him on throughout the season. Uh, Bill Stevens, the SID there at Washington State, says, hey, we want to get him and some players from Washington State on the show regularly. I appreciate everybody who's been here wall-to-wall. Man, 34 interviews that I did. You heard many of them today. You're going to hear some leftovers on Monday's show, so I want you to tune in Monday, 3 to 6 p.m. Also, grab the podcast where you can get it. Uh, and read me at johnconzano.com for more. So much going on. What a great day. Bunch of interviews. If you missed any of it, make sure you get the podcast and, of course, share it with your friends.